Hey everyone, Chris here, host of RC After Hours. Thanks for listening. Uh, just wanted to give you a little heads up. We're still working on stuff with the audio and trying some different things and making it sound better. And of course, <laughs> uh, this podcast, we had a few little audio issues that we didn't know till afterwards. So I'm putting up the backup audio. So I just wanted to give everybody a heads up. Still pretty good. But it's not going to be top of the line quality like we're trying to put out. Again, we're just trying to work on things and make it better. Not sure what I did. Probably screwed something up. <laughs> and I'll have to go back and figure out what I'm doing here. So just wanted to give you a heads up. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. We had our guest host, Ruben, from Swept Wings On. And, uh, well, we'll just let you take a listen. So sit back, relax. Here we go. Mondre music here. Welcome, everybody. Another episode, RC After Hours. We're back in the $60 studio again. That's more than $60. You think? Come on. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know. The improvements you've made? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Ain't much more than $60, I don't think. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. In studio, we have Scott, our buddy we hang out with and fly. Hello, everybody. And, of course, on the line, everybody's favorite crazy Canadian who lately has been in the trees a lot lately. Andre Russo. Good morning. And our special guest today, all the way up early from California. You might know him from Sweep Wings. Ruben How do How do Gee, right? How do Gee. How do Gee. How do Gee. Ruben, thanks for joining us today. Good morning, guys. How are you today? Good? Pretty good. Greetings from the past. Yeah, yeah, no kidding, huh? Right? Crazy show today. I have been so busy, like out of the flying loop. This is going to be like, I don't know, just kind of thrown together, but we'll get through it. We'll have fun. We're going to talk to Ruben. Uh, If anybody doesn't know, go check out sweepwings.com. He makes some awesome wings. We're going to talk all about it. Andre's got, how many? Two of them, I think, right, Andre? Two two unfinished wings, I'm shameful. Two unfinished wings. (laughs) Um, Talk about some upcoming news that uh, recently just surfaced. We're sort of, at least me, I'm sort of kind of excited about, maybe a little nervous, but, you know, we'll talk about that. All right. Uh, real quick run through some sponsors here. People helping us out. This episode is brought to you by rcexplore.se. Thank you, David Vindensoul, for all you do for us uh, and help keep the podcast going. If anybody is interested in anything tricopter, go check out rcexplore.se. 
Also, Static RC, uh, this gentleman, Caleb, he's been absolutely wonderful to us. He's been sponsoring the uh, episodes, helping us out. And just real quick, go check him out. He's just you know kind of new on the YouTube. He's doing some really cool stuff. Nice edits. I've checked out some of his videos. Static RC. And also, for our next podcast, which will be sometime next weekend, probably Sunday or Monday, it's going to be special because Andre will be in studio folks yes in studio so make sure you listen unless we have a technical nightmare yeah let's not talk about that because (laughs) uh you know that kind of happened last time anyway hopefully everything will be good so we're going to have you in studio so make sure you check us out next week we're probably gonna give away a action cam with static rc so make sure you listen and go check out his youtube site if anybody's out there, they want to help us out, um, keep this thing going. If you like us, I, again, anything will help. If you want to send a dollar, that's fine. Everything helps out. Go check us out on patreon.com. Uh, help support us and keep the show going. Or if Patreon isn't your thing, we just set up a paypal.me RC After Hours account. You can throw anything you want into that account and help us go. So that's paypal.me slash RC After Hours. Real quick, too, a shout-out to Tim Morrow. We Mike got his giant Bigfoot mug. If you're watching live on Facebook, we got it in front of the camera. The thing is enormous. I'm afraid to wonder what Mike's going to put in there and drink out of that. But It's going to be some cool. kind of alcohol. Uh, and also <laughs> to Kit Jones, thanks for the really nice message on Patreon, helping us out. We appreciate it, so thanks, Kit. Uh, that's it. I'm done with the sponsor stuff. Let's get into it. Let's talk some RC stuff. Ruben, so let's talk a little bit about your company, Sweep Wings. Uh, I believe it started in 2013. You're probably, I would say the Juggernaut's probably your most famous wing. Is that true? Yep, that's that's very true. And uh, But you have all kinds, anything from a 28-inch runt and I think everything up to an 81-inch uh, dreadnought. You do custom yeah. builds, high quality. I mean, these things are awesome. Custom builds, high-quality balsa elevons, aluminum motor mounts, uh, coroplast hatches are just, they're fantastic. If you want a race wing or a combat wing or anything of that. So, Ruben, take us through how this even, you know, started. What what said came into your mind and said, you know what, I need to start making some my own wings. You know, there had to be a, a passion or a reason behind why you wanted to start this. Um, well, there, there was, it was, um, so back in the day, uh, and I didn't really know what, what I really wanted. Um, you know, I just kind of discovered with, uh, FPV with, uh, Hobby King came out and they had the 5.8 system and, uh, I was using, I I think I had a Bixler, the, uh, EPP FPV wing, Mm -hmm. um, which is a good flyer. Still, it's still a, a really good flyer. Um, and then uh, I, I found the uh, Super Super Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember the Super Skywalker. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, this is nice, but, uh, you know, what else? Um, they Like the Super Skywalker still kind of tip-stalled and, mm-hmm. and wanted to fly for a, a little bit further and do a little bit more um, different type of flying. And then I found uh, Flying Wings, and then it was a Striker. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was a uh, crash. I found crash test hobby. Uh, I was just going to mention them. Yeah, I got, I got a, yes, got a couple of their wings. Matter of fact, I got a Titan sitting right there in the box. 
<laughs> and and what I was going to say something to you is there, your your build products and they're the way you know with the fiberglass rods and the laminate and everything yeah. are, are pretty kind of similar in a way. Yes, they are very similar. Um, a lot of those guys, I used uh, their techniques to kind of mm-hmm. to kind of shape the way I build stuff um, because like crash test hobby um, was around and they were kind of building like really indestructible wings. Right. And, uh, I still, I still like highly recommend them for new flyers that are out there. Um, when you get one, you're going to learn a lot, uh, from the build process and the way the type of builds that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can implement it on your, on your FPV wing if you want to. And that's kind of like what I do. And, um, um, I definitely will give them a shout out, uh, them, uh, right wing and TBRC, um, for, from back in the day when I was starting and I didn't really have an, a lot of, uh, knowledge and they had a lot of like build techniques. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, that looks good. That looks good. And so I started implementing that, um, into what I wanted to do, uh, for my wings. And, uh, you know, as I was looking at wings that were out there, um, I, I started to discover that some wings have like w- weird characteristics about them. Yes. Um, some like the the Zephyr two uh, will will break apart if you exceed like uh, like ninety ninety plus mile an hour, it'll start to get the vibration. Flutter, yeah, they get the flutter, and then there's some videos of it. The guy's doing a um, high speed dive bomb, and it's like you see it happen, the vibration, and then it just explodes. Um, so <laughs> that some would be epic. some wings, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 nerve wracking. Yeah. You got to find his GoPro. <laughs> yeah. You know, like stuff like that, and it, it's a. I'm not down in Zephyr. Zephyr's a really good wing. It's mm-hmm. been around for a long, time. right? But you know, that type of characteristics, um, it, you start to see that in the wings that are out there, and uh, like the crash test hobby. Uh, I had the Reaper, which was nice, but it couldn't hold. Uh, it couldn't hold these back in the day. Mm. Like, like we were flying. GoPro was the camera back yes. in the day, and uh, I wanted to fly with with the GoPro because I wanted. You know, we were still learning about video, uh, you know, recording video up there in the air, and then we bring it down. This was in 2013, uh, actually end of 2012, 2013, and we were still real fascinated by it. And, uh, you know, when, when they had the protective case and it was waterproof, and I was like, okay, that's a bonus. Yeah. Uh, and then figuring out what aircrafts I can get um, to, to do that. And then the Zephyr, uh, well, I had the, uh, let's see. I think I went. I went down the list on my other pod on my my podcast, my beginning one. Um, Reaper, Deep Reaper. Uh, the Deep Reaper was nice. Um, it still it still kind of tip stalled um, at really really slow speeds, mm-hmm. um, which kind of freaked me out. And then when you launched it, because it, the airfoil was so thin mm-hmm. and how the size that it flexed. Oh and yeah, like, oh, that's interesting. Um, I didn't. I really liked it. I didn't, I didn't like it at all. Uh, it flew good, but I didn't like the flexing part. Yeah. Um, and then I discovered the. Uh, I then I from then I got the Zephyr two, and that one's kind of a. It's kind of a beast to launch. It has a, a probability if it's gonna, if you're gonna have a successful launch, um, especially with all the techniques that we have out there as individuals. Some people are weaker in in some departments and stronger in other departments. Um, so there was that. And, uh, you know, you, you couldn't put the case in the, uh, in the Zephyr two, you had to like take the case out and buy a box and, and do it that way. 
So I was, I was still looking, and I found uh, MW Cores, the uh, the the Black Knight, um, which is an awesome wing. I don't know if he's still around, if he's still making them, um, but it's called the Black the Black Knight Forty Nine by MW Cores, and mm. that that kind of started um, uh, basically getting everything going for me in terms of what I wanted in a size, um, what it could do, and uh, and that really got the ball rolling um, for me because I was like, okay, well, this is this is nice. Um, and, and it flew really good. I have a video on my YouTube page. Um, like, it's, it's Maiden, and uh, it, it did phenomenal. Like, it's super locked in. Um, even, even when it got to, like, its tip stall speed, it just nosed down and just kept going, which is really rare for for some wings and then uh so from that i was like okay well waiting for another uh black knight to you know from the supplier took uh i think it took about a month and i was like this is kind of a a long chore process if i want another one i didn't want to wait that much longer um and then i i wanted it a little bit thicker so i wanted to change the airfoil and add um add some some depth to it so I can hide all my gear in there, right? Because our gear was, um, you know, the big fat batteries back in the day, the 2200s, and then um, the bigger capacity were a little bit fatter. So I wanted to hide it into the airframe. And uh, so I was like, okay, well, how can I source some foam? So flying foam, uh, I found them and I started buying foam from them and, and practicing on um, like kind of like my airframe. So I, I made it smaller, extended the wingtips, uh, increase the uh, the actual uh, the airfoil and uh, and just started going from there um, and playing with with different dimensions on it and started you know and that's when I um, I picked some of the pieces that I I learned from the previous build and kind of okay this is how you build because there there wasn't a a build sheet on the Black Knight they just gave you raw foam and you were kind of left to your own devices to you know build it yourself and so you were like you know kind of lost so i used a lot of the old uh older guys's techniques into building um a process and then you know over the years i kind of uh adapted different techniques to um you know to to finalize it Mm -hmm. but you know i'm still learning still learning right it's a process it's a very long process um well it's you know it, it just is. What were some of the trials and tribulations you had, you know, learning to build these and, you know, you're trying to get the right balance of, you know, um, keeping it together, but yet, you know, just in general, what were some of the problems you had? Uh, I actually didn't have any problems. You're kidding me. <laughs> oh, we want to crash There was story. zero problems. <laughs> there, there is, there is, uh, there isn't a, the only one, um, which was was probably the the runt, and mm-hmm. just because of how small it was and the amount of weight I was trying to cram on such a small frame, um, the runt was the only one that I, that was causing me an issue because it, it's you know it's such a small airframe you're trying to cram you know a uh, hundred and sixty seven you know gram GoPro on the front, um, a fifty two hundred milliamp three cell three Ooh, cell wow and it's you know, I wanted it because they're like 20 minute flights. So mm-hmm. like my my little um, runt here flies for like over 20 minutes. So it's it's even even full open. You're probably looking at 15 minutes. So it's it's it flies for a really long time. That's awesome. And uh, so I was trying to find that balance. Mm-hmm. But the other wings literally flew like I have maiden videos on them. 
um, they flew every time. Like I did the calculator, um, measured it, and uh, I kind of they give you a beginner CG mark and an expert CG mark. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you know I mark it on the bottom. And I was like, okay, you know I have about an inch of of play. So even within that inch of play, it still flew. And so I was like, oh my god, this is this is delightful. I, I'm I'm shocked, but yeah. Um, my maiden flight for the uh, juggernaut is on my YouTube page, and the maiden of the flinch is uh, is there too. And it just right out of my hand, it, it worked. Wow! Now I was I'm curious is when all this FPV racing stuff exploded, and of course you know with the quadcopters, and then also with the wings. Have you seen an increase in business because of that? Uh, I have not. I have not. Um, usually the beginning of the year is pretty slow, but mm-hmm. then what you're going to see now is. Uh, so the backstory or no, some of the stories is, is before I was doing pretty good. Um, you know, it was like, you know, like three wings, three or four wings a month, depending on if the uh, um, reseller was, was selling them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then so the racing picked up and then we see a lot of new wings kind of developed. Oh, and then yeah. right, wing, right wing came out of, the, um, out of the closet and then, you know, because he was doing his own thing. Um, and then he, he started developing a, uh, the right wing, um, brand of, I think it's the spec, the 38, the 40, no, he has a 31, 38, 40, um, and 44 and a 48. There's a, there's a lot of, you know, congestion there in the sizes, right? But um, he's using all of his equipment cause, uh, you know, that's, he has all that equipment at his, at his disposal. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, he started making those at, at, at a cheaper price. And so it's kind of like bumping all us, all this other guys around. I see. Yeah. No offense to Chris, but I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I try to keep it as, as real and honest as possible without, you know, um, dancing around the actual, you know, the truth. Yeah. But, um, what it is, you lower the price and it's kind of it gives us us other guys, you know, um, we, we're trying to compete in the market. But, you know, um, you know, at see, even I think his wings are about one hundred and forty for his wings. Mm-hmm. But then you still have to buy laminate. So that's an extra, you know, 15 bucks. So you're still looking at the same price um, yeah. as these other. What so, about what about a big company like just I'm going to put them on the on the hot seat here, but like horizon that comes out with the, the theory W race wing, you know, and people see that and it's, you know, you pull it out of the box oh. and bind it to your radio and go, does, is something like that kind of hurt you guys too? I would imagine. Not, not really because, um, like I posted a video on my, uh, Instagram page on sweep wings, uh, Instagram page and, uh, the, uh, FPV raw podcast page. Um, you'll see a theory hit the ground and it literally explodes. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I mean, because really it's just made out of their Z-foam. And, and I couldn't yeah. tell you how many Z-foam Horizon Hobby planes I've smashed into the ground and watched them explode. So, yes, I, yeah. that's a very yeah. good point I didn't think about. You are correct there. And, and it's, it's, it's bringing it, – this is, this is the thing. In, in our market and in, in, my, in my day-to-day life, I, uh, I don't like to be, you know – to 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 be politically correct, I like to be you know as honest as possible. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the construction realm. I'm a uh, industrial plumber, uh-huh. uh, pipe fitter. Um, you know, I I I work in that field, so I get to listen to uh, a lot of interesting people. 
Hey, I'm an operating engineer. I'm right there with you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So, so our, our, uh, ability to kind of, um, listen to the truth, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more flex and we're like, okay, you know that, that, thank you for your honest opinion. Yeah. You know, and then you say a curse word. Yes. But, uh, yes. yes. It, um, <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> like every other one more like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's an understanding there. And in, in the market that I'm in, um, I've been sitting back and, and watching these other companies kind of uh, produce stuff that's been, you know, rehashed. And I, I just got, I kind of got tired of it. And uh, I started, uh, that's why I brought the podcast on so mm-hmm. I can uh, just be real honest about it. And like, even if I don't sell anything, at least the end user will know what's up. Yeah. You know, like it, it really is better for you to learn how to build something yourself. Yeah. And then when, when you get to that point and then you can start fishing around and see what works for you. Um, and it's some people it's, it's, they don't really like it because they're, they're more used to selling, uh, or selling a product, their salesperson. So, you know, their brand, they're, they're constantly selling, Oh, this is the best. This is what you need. Mm-hmm. This is going to get you, you know, this, this, and this. And then, and I'm like, uh, not really. Um, it's not, some people don't like to hear that. And, yeah. uh, but, you know, I guess it's nice for have, to have another outlet that is honest, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Now, because I'm going to throw this out here and I could be totally wrong, but I'm thinking, you know, the general average hobbyist probably, you know, might get on, do some searching around, you know, maybe go to Horizon or something like that. I'm thinking what you're building a high quality, you know, uh, at a, at a, you know, obviously more cost, but you, you know, my thing is obviously we've all found out in this hobby is you get what you pay for in general. Yeah. Somebody's going to look at yeah. your, your wings. That's more into the hobby, d- more deep into it, or really say into the wings or the FPV wing flying or something and look at your product and see, you know, the quality and what you're building and how it's flying and how it holds up. So I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people that come to you or somebody that's really passionate or, or in that market for a good Good quality wing, not some kind of beginner yeah, yeah. that stumbles across and goes, "Oh yeah, I think I'll try one of those." You know? Yeah. Well, a lot of the guys um, have been following me and been watching uh, the progress over the years, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like the price is set. Um, so back to back to the prices and stuff like that. So my price was actually a lot cheaper, but uh, my first reseller was uh, was Stone Blue. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and Jeremiah wanted a higher a higher cost so he can make money off of, uh, the resales. Right. And so, um, he adjusted the price that was, uh, um, you know, one, I think for 160, 165 for the juggernaut, mm-hmm. uh, or one sixty four ninety nine. Yeah. Um, so he had a, he had to increase the price that was, that would work for him, for him to resell it. Right. And uh, that's why we have a higher, higher uh, number. So he probably makes about a 30 bucks, um, um, plus or minus on a wing. Yeah. When he when he resells it or a reseller. So when you see him out there in the market, they're making about that much, mm-hmm. which is a damn good number. Yeah. Um, but it sucks for you know, the end customer. So they usually, um, you know, when they get it for me, uh, because that was set, um, you know, you are going to pay a little bit more. I was selling these a lot cheaper, mm-hmm. um, you know, from b- me by myself. But um, when you what happens is as uh, as a, like because I'm a still a small guy like this is. Yeah, this is the shop like there's. Right. Really nothing in here. I'm still a, a one man operation. And then Tim, 
from Snipe Airs uh, is helping me out. He's like kind of like my contractor mm-hmm. because uh, I was hand cutting everything from back in the day. And so now I bought a CNC and now we, we have it over there at his house and he's cutting it um, and helping me out. So I'm helping him out. He's helping me out um, just so I can, I can keep up with, with the demand now that the name is known, now that the brand yeah. is, uh, is known. I, got, I have to keep up now. Um, because it, the, these elbows and the backs <laughs> and the shoulders wouldn't be able to to last any much longer, right? And that was my next question. What I mean, how do you do that? What What do you do? Do you do you just cut a bunch out and then send them out to everybody, or is it an on demand thing? I mean, how do you manage all that? You obviously you just said you had some help, but how do you do this yeah. by yourself? It's got to be tough. Um, well, uh, we worked out a little uh, a system that uh, so basically, if I run out of stock. Um, I run out of stock. <laughs> uh, I, uh, and then, I was, then there's, uh, you know, I count how much I have left and how many units. And then I say, Hey, Tim, uh, I'm going to need to put, um, put in an order for, you know, 40 flinches and 40 juggernauts and 20 runs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'll just, you know, wait a couple weeks and, uh, he'll produce them because he's, he's really good at, at, at producing them. He's like, He's he's technically he's my manufacturer with, with okay. all the specs that I give him. Yeah, and uh, what I I really like that method because you know he's a U.S. based company, I'm a U.S. based company. He's a guy in the garage. Mm-hmm. You know I'm a guy in the garage, and for us to work together is is uh is really nice because yeah. now, um you know he's he's my he's been my buddy from from back in the day, and you know now we're working together. Uh, so it's 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 nice in in terms of. Um, helping another company out, um, and, and really not competing because uh, it's it's just it's just nice to have a, a friend who who's there uh, to help you and um, who who kind of knows what you're looking for, and so he's been a, a really good help. So uh, in terms of that and having a quality product, not like uh, so Horizon back to Horizon Hobby. Sorry, I, I tend to. I tend to kind of like drift off, but then I, I, I will loop around. We, we do the same thing. <laughs> I'll bring it back. Um, but like the Horizon, co- the Horizon Hobby companies, um, and no disrespect, don't think this is going to be, uh, you know, uh, like hate. It's not hate. I bought, I still have Horizon Hobby products behind me. <laughs> um, they're, they're up on the rafters. They're the, uh, um, the, the Sabak. They're the, uh, the, the, uh, you know, the pits. Yep. Um, and uh, uh, and the, the mini striker. So I still have those. Um, but they're shipping. They're getting product from China that is is being rebranded, you know, for over here. Oh, absolutely. And, like and, and and you know, people are like, oh, you know, buy American, buy American. And you know, it it kind of hurts because they. Well, it doesn't really hurt. Um, it's tough to compete. We'll say yes because they can easily. Uh, throw a product that is ready to fly where for, for me ready to fly is like three weeks to build mm-hmm. um, with my full-time job that um, I kind of I, I put up on the podcast but I might get laid off so <laughs> I you know do that on the side but if I get laid off I'll have more time <laughs> yes yeah um, so it's a uh, it's tough to compete because it you know you get a box that's ready to go mm-hmm. that, that's like I think they're like three three hundred 350 or something like that. Yeah. The, their W. Yeah. Right. W, which is, it's expensive for, for molded, uh, EPO, uh, uh, a foam that really can't take any resins. Uh, you, 
You can't really reinforce it and use tape. Um, if you hit the ground, it's going to literally explode, and then that's it. Um, these, you can pound them into the ground all you want, um, unless you hit a guide wire like Hugo did in, at full speed, and it just <laughs> sheared. It sheared like the wing tip off, uh-huh. and uh, we, we, he got pictures of it. But we just, you know, you can just glue it back together, and it's it's golden again. But even the amount of force, um, like lawn darting them, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's the the frame still holds together. Um, like uh, I ra- raced in uh, Hawaii, and I hit a tree during the race, and it, it the wing just tumbled into the air, and it it gained its um, it gained its heading, and it just kept going. And uh, like that's on video, um, you know, Mo- stuff like that. Montreal. A- in Montreal, there was a certain quad hanging out in front of a gate. <laughs> you remember that? I do. <laughs> I do. That was an epic sound. So, so last summer, uh, there was one of the qualifiers in Montreal, and that's when I actually met Ruben. If you check out our Instagram yep. feed, you'll see I posted a picture there. Um, but so Ruben is just doing some test runs and everything, and there's this guy, and he's hovering a quad in front of the gate, and all we hear is, whack! (laughs) And the quad goes somewhere, the wing goes somewhere, the GoPro goes somewhere, and the battery. I think think the most damage you had was at, what, your FPV camera? Yeah. Uh, The the camera, it just hit the camera, and that was it. Um, Yeah. So I, the, the person was like, right in the middle of the gate. And uh, he was just sitting there, and I was like, okay. I mean, you didn't realize until the last minute. Yeah. And Andre was, you know, we were all there, and it was like, it was a loud, it was a loud hit. Um, yeah. And it, we, it, yeah, he, he didn't fly after that. But <laughs> I just swapped the camera, and I was good to go. It was, it was golden. Yeah. But, it's, uh, it speaks to the testament of what you're talking about, your product and everything, as far as durability. Yeah. And, you know, and... and Ruben has a secret weapon, a secret compound that he uses to repair everything, and I learned. <laughs> <laughs> you got Gorilla Glue, uh, E6, E6700, and uh, Goop. Goop. Um, and that, that ty- that, even that build process is, is something that I kind of like um, started to do myself because if you put Goop on top of the, uh, the, the actual like foam, and then you go ahead and, and paint it. Whatever residue you have that's on the foam from sparring or whatever, uh, it the paint does not like it. And so when you when you finish when you're getting ready to finish the product, it just looks gross. So you can get away with uh, the gr- brown Gorilla Glue or the white Gorilla Glue, and then um, you can fill in holes, sand it, and it blends in with the uh, the foam. Yeah, there you go. So. It just hides hides everything, and uh, you can get away with uh, the brown is for like the main spars, mm-hmm. and then the white is for you know touch up or uh, like the runt the runt build. You can use the white spar or the, the white gorilla glue, and then uh, you know it's a little bit quicker. It dries in like fifteen minutes with water. Yeah, yeah. So, with the the brown stuff, I think I let the stuff set overnight, kind of thing. So yeah, that uh, stuff takes forever. Yeah. Now. Well, it's in there, man. It's it's super rigid. Oh yeah, yeah and it's Ruben, when uh, you first uh, started designing or or uh, you know getting things together, did you know right away that you were going to use a like an aluminum motor mount and, and uh, balsa elevons? 
Uh, so, so but when I first started, I was using the EPP Elevon, similar to the, the crash test hobby. Yeah. yeah. Andre, there you go. Um, so the, uh, Balsa Elevon kind of turned in after because the, um, flying foam was charging me quite a bit for EPP Elevons just for Elevons. Wow. And I was like, well, I gotta, I gotta find a better way to do this. So, um, uh, it just, it, I found, uh, America is like American Balsa or, Balsa Superstore or something like that. Um, it's on one of my tabs here when I when I order stuff. <laughs> but uh, um, I just started buying Balsa from them. Yeah, there you go. So I just started buying Balsa from them and, uh, you know, cut it down to the right size. And then uh, Tim is then helped me out and he kind of started putting the bevel on because um, a lot of people really didn't want or didn't know how to cut the actual hinge on the Elevon. Uh-huh. And so Tim started doing the router on them and uh and kind of alleviated one extra step yeah tim started doing the cnc i used to hand cut those believe it or not oh my what? gosh yeah <laughs> I used to, uh, I used to cut those so um tim has helped me out a lot um and that's that's that actual style there um so like right wings uh similar it has a similar shape um of the uh of the actual wing tips. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I just, um, kind of made my own and then I actually got, uh, believe it or not, I got a piece of tape. <laughs> That's why you can see the backside of it. And I put it down on the back and I just traced it and then I hand cut it and I left uh, a blunt section in the back. So, so you can actually bat like those are there so you can balance the wing up. Like see all the wings behind me. So oh, I yeah, use, yeah. I, I gotcha. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So I used the tape to cut that shape there, that's and hilarious. then I flattened it out and I balance it. So that's kind of like little stuff like that. Wow. I mean, nice. I I, I want to make I want to redo the uh, the actual uh, wing tips, but right now, um, probably like later on when I finally get uh, the final versions of them done, uh, I'll probably do that and just kind of like narrow them down. But they're they're at a they're at a decent size to where they actually help. Um, traction and when you turn they kind of still hold um, and all wings regardless what anyone says all wings will will yeah. seek so you're gonna see it I, I don't care what brand of company what what you got going on there what special contraption type mohawks you got in your <laughs> wings it will it will do that and yeah. uh, you know any little stab that you have on there it, it's it's still gonna do it and you can watch the video and you're, you're gonna watch the you're gonna watch the video okay it's still it still seeks <laughs> yeah it, and uh so the guys from uh who fly my wings in in hawaii and uh um you know around town like uh sean over here in colorado like his videos are like super dead smooth and that's just with the wing uh the winglets on the back so you know a lot of people have different takes uh, a lot of people have different um styles i guess but i i'm just i'm here to say like you don't need all that stuff because when it starts breaking and, and falling apart, yes. you got to repair it and more stuff. You know, just keep it simple. Yeah, just keep it real simple. It's already proven and it works. I, I was um, even going to ask you if originally, when you were design testing, if you even were thinking about not putting winglets on because uh, uh, you probably already know a lot of the crash test hobby wings don't even have them because they took them off because of the combat. They didn't want them on because you'd rip a winglet off and then combat, it couldn't yeah. fly. Yeah, 
Uh, you can. I haven't done that with 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 these only because I really like the way it looks, mm-hmm. uh, and I like the what it does. It just kind of. I like that. Me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you you can do that. I haven't done any testing, but I'm pretty sure the uh, um, the actual theory will will work. Um, the principle of work because you're causing you're causing a uh, a deflection, and if you even it out, it's basically serving the same same purpose. Now, for the wind to kind of roll off the wing tips is what happens. Um, those actual um, uh, winglets do help because the wind rolls off of the wingtips as it's as it's pushing through. And, and they roll off the bottom too, so those the top and bottom winglets actually really help. Um, just they, they help a little bit, and they also help for for tracking. Yes, for um, sure, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And those kind of side bumpers kind of help, you know, kind of um, they kind of help out a little bit. You know, you need a little bit of drag, not too much, but you need, you can use a little bit. These are all powered, so for a sloper you wouldn't need it because the sloper is is all wind powered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just you know, it's all you need. Um, so yeah, there's yeah. I feel like I rambled off a lot. Uh, did I did I did I leave the question? <laughs> no. no, no, you no, no I answered it. Yeah, for sure. Speak, no, okay. Well, actually, speaking of power, Ryan Papp, who owns a beautiful red juggernaut, actually was asking questions about what is the recommended motor for the runt. For the runt, it is a my favorite. It's the. Uh, Let's see. It's the Turnigy 2836-2500KV. I showed this this one at the Flying Circus, I think it was like 2014 or 2015. Yeah. Um, And now now it's it's pretty popular popular now because the the KV and the output. So on 3S, on a 6x4 prop, you're looking at about 400 watts of power. It's about 4 pounds of actual thrust. Ooh. Um, plus or minus, and and on a 4s, you have to trim the prop down. You probably have to go like a five inch prop or five five. Um, it does about like 900 watts, so it does a <laughs> lot on on a, on 4s. That's gonna make a lot of noise. It does a lot of lot. It's got a lot of watts. Wow. Yeah. So, the actual race wing that I built, um, I think Tim has it right now. Um, that's the one it's a thinner, it's a flinch without the blunt section and it's thinner because all the, the whole race series or, and labeling race mm-hmm. everything. Um, it's a thinner profile. You do lose lift. That's an obvious, um, but it's four cell with that same motor for, for lightness. I think it weighs about two pounds, two and a half pounds, maybe Holy. all up weight with, wow. with, but you don't get HD cam though. So it's kind of, no, no, no. We're, Going back in time, so yeah, we need HD. That's the thing. It's funny we were talking well, about. Downlink. Go ahead, Andre. I was going to say this is well. This is something we're still suffering from as far as the whole FPV rig, and and it's such a it's such a gamble because it's you know there are just times when it just does not cooperate. So it will be interesting to see if some of this technology starts coming, and we're starting to see some of the FPV you know HD downlink stuff, but it's still sketchy at times. I know, so I know. <laughs> I mean, you think about uh, like how the the frequencies have have evolved and what the the mini quad community has done for us fixed wing guys is that they, yeah. they brought the technology um, to the front faster because that's that's their demand. Yeah. Um, yeah. The demand and for the, the companies to to say, oh, there's a, there's a niche. We got to we got to get on that whale 
and we got to you know we got to ramp up technology. We got to get it to a point where you know things are a lot smaller, like the sessions a lot smaller, like everything's getting smaller, um, and it's the demand. So. Yeah, there you go. Like, like that's, everything is super duper small. So, yeah. like your mo, like your motors, I could probably use because of the technology boom. Yes, uh, in our field, like I can use your motors on a on a on a micro wing. Yeah, uh, and that that's totally doable. And thank you for uh, the mini quad community um, <laughs> for for evolving the technology at the rate of you know months, <laughs> literally months. Yeah. Uh, so when you see new products come out every week or every month, you know, that's technology growing and it's, it's a, it's a wave. And then, uh, you know, if it fits, fits our need, then I use it and I implement implement it on, on, uh, my crafts. Yeah. So there's a, that, there's a lot of things that, uh, that, that are coming from the mini quad community. And, and some of the, inter, some of the integrations, smaller equipment, the OSDs and, you know, some of the little, little trick things, you know, that we can, we can benefit because everything is getting tinier and tinier and tinier, you know? So it's, yeah, it's making, oh, yeah. you know, you don't have to try and fit the bay full of stuff. Now you can leave that nice and open for batteries. And again, yeah, the battery tech has gotten better and better and better. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, like even like, um, Hobby King, believe it or not, they still don't follow me. What the hell, Hobby King? Um, <laughs> this, this, this side note. So I was making fun of Hobby King because they were posting a bunch of stuff on their uh, on their feeds, and uh, and I was like, guys, like, what about the guys? You know, the guys that follow you, like, follow them because they had like zero. They were following like nobody, and then yeah. I chimed in. I was like, hey, you know what? Like, give us some love. Uh, they they followed everyone but me because I said that. <laughs> so they follow like everyone else who's in the community but me. So just just, just I'm just knocking Hobby King. What the hell? Um, <laughs> but you know, like uh, like what they got going on and uh, like all the mini quad stuff. The the power was it the power distribution board um, is nice because the the battery tech um, like like Andre was saying the um, the multi star packs yeah. which are relatively low C it's not something you'd really want to use but I found that they work really good um, regardless um, like the 5200 milliamp is super small and uh, it's extremely convenient to have and, and because it's small it's lightweight um, it has a big capacity um, they still work so I actually fly them in in the the runt that has a you know a 2500 uh, 25 kV or 2500 kV motor on it and it flies great, and the motors and the uh, battery comes back, you know, not even hot. Um, cool. It's, it's only exceeding, you know, I think it's only doing like 30, 36 amps. So it's it's well under range. Um, it's barely even working hard. And so, you know, for the price, uh, yeah. is a good deal. And for the longevity of your flights and the battery life, uh, like they're, they're still working. I still have them here. Uh, I've, see, I've never tried any of the multi-star pack, uh, packs yeah. ever, and because I've, I've always wondered about that, so I'm just like, hmm, okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah, because well, you would think the SAG uh, would get you. Yeah, you you would think that, like the um the bigger, higher C demand, uh, or let me call it, let me say um the motors that that draw a lot of amps. So like my dreadnought that that it does about ninety about a hundred amps, um. Even with the multi-star pack at 10C, it, it works, but it struggles. Um, but the capacity is 8,000 8, milliamps for the pack. 
And, uh, you know, I have a, you know, about a 10 minute flight on it. Um, so even at that high rating, um, that high amp draw, the batteries are still working. Like they're still, they're still fine. The cells are great. Um, and it's, it's still doing it. It doesn't have the punch like the C ratings does, but, but it, it works great. And I think that's kind of like the, the stigma that we have about, uh, the C rating and, and not being able to work. Now I wouldn't put that in, in the eight S, uh, juggernaut over here. That would just shred the battery. <laughs> um, it would, it would not be good at all. So, um, yeah, you'd need the higher C rating, um, battery. So yeah, you, it's funny. I, I, oh, it's just. Go ahead. Hello. Did we just Hello? drop? No. Well, we got you. Did Chris drop? Oh, right. did I? I'm oh, still... okay. I was going to say, uh, last last fall, uh, I think Ruben, you, you posted started posting some videos of your prototype, uh, your 8S wing, and that was <laughs> it was so funny to watch. So here's Ruben. He's got his hat cam on. You know, he's got the remote. He's talking. He tosses his plane in the air, and it's out in the middle of nowhere, like just flat area, <laughs> and and this thing just comes screaming by. And you know, Ruben is excited because he he's shaking afterwards. So <laughs> I'm giggling. <laughs> yeah. Eight S um, on a wing. That thing is a beast. So, so actually, uh, so I have the eight S here. This is the the juggernaut here, and the vinyl is done by my buddy Colt uh, Ninja Wraps. Um, and then up top, I don't have this one in frame, but it's the twelve S uh, Behemoth. Jeez. Oh, and like twelve S. Like just doing it. The whole the whole. The whole, <laughs> I mean, the video links are on my, uh, they're on my YouTube page. So if you search it, um, I even put like, it's not clickbait. It's, it's the truth. It's, it says world's fastest behemoth at 250 kilometers an hour, uh, or 240 kilometers an hour. Wow. Um, so, and it, it did that. It did like a, it did that in kilometers. It's actually 150 miles an hour for like a 10 pound wing, uh, 60 inches full HD, um, and there's no no bones about it. It was 12s. So, um, wow, you know, proving proving that it works um, is basically saying, okay, guys, you know where you at. Um, you know that's basically the point I was doing. I wanted to see, I wanted to, I wanted to prove that the frame can handle it and uh, that can do it. It's capable even at that high speed. It's still dead solid. And uh, I wanted to, to to basically bring to light to say, hey guys, you know, let's. Let's do this. We have the ability to do this. Um, you know, let's get on board. Uh, apparently, First. no one's listening because I'm still the same. I'm still the the, the only one doing it. <laughs> I'm still waiting. Hmm. So, I don't know. What kind of what kind of when you weigh up one of your bigger wings, what kind of G load can something like that sustain? Um, so far, um, so these are all been just straight. Uh, straight speed passes right. because yeah. you normally want to do your speed pass um, and that will allow you to gauge um, one, your temperatures on your gear uh, two, the stress on the actual um, load of the motor in flight because it's different when you have a ground test and then you have one in flight and then uh, the actual structure of the frame. So at a low speed pass out there for testing you want to see what the frame is going to do. So if it's going to flutter um, you know, you want to know there, um, out there in the field. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah. so that a lot of that testing, a lot of that testing is out there at that field, which is, uh, they're building homes on it, believe it or not. Um, 
and, and, and do it out there because it's, it's an open environment. It's safe. Uh, and then when it passes, then you can move it on and then you can actually do some real testings because your, your dive, like that is the actual, that's the stress. You're just flexing the frame, yeah, so you know, it's coming down. Yeah. Yeah. You're just dive bombing it. And then, uh, you're just, you're just, that, that's like the real test full speed. Uh, you can test the motor and all that stuff, but it, it held both of them did. And, um, you know, that's another thing I wanted to prove is say, okay, this frame can, is capable of flying on a 3S, 4S, 5S, all the way up to, to 8S. And the behemoth is like 4S all the way up to 8S. Um, the Dreadnought, um, 4S all the way up to, to 6S or, or 12S. So, like, for me to test my own wings and say, hey, guys, like, tell the, pop, the, the public... Um, the, um, say, hey, you, there are these other wings that are out there, but I'm continuously t testing this this craft to say it can handle basically whatever you want. And, you know, it, it's that's the, the, the point I've been trying to like to, to, to show everyone. Say, hey, guys, like I'm not here to make a bunch of money. Us wing manufacturers, unless you do it full time and you are focused on the actual UAV realm, like I'm not making, a, I'm not going to get rich off this. Like this isn't paying the bills. I I work full time. Like this is just for fun. Like literally, yes. yeah. just for fun. So every sale I do get, it goes back into the company. So I'm mm -hmm. constantly, yeah. you know, when the sale goes, when when I when I sell my product, it goes into a piggy bank, and then I go buy more pro or uh, raw materials. And then I've been doing that since 2000, like 13, 14. I've been constantly doing that. So I'm not really, you know in it to get rich. I'm not a salesperson. I'm just telling you the truth mm -hmm. and I want you to have a good time. I don't want you to get stranded out there. Um, I don't want the frame to let you down. If the gear fails, I can't help that. Like I yeah. didn't make the gear. Right. Um, but I want you to, to have an actual solid frame that's proven. And, um, that, that, that's, you know, don't, I don't want you to stay down on the ground too long. I want you to fly. Um, and that's, you know, it just makes me happy when, when I see a lot of guys who are happy. It just—it's nice. To, it's nice to see. Yeah, it was funny. We were talking about the. I gotta finish my wings. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely sure. inspiration there. That's awesome. It was. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, man, I I so wanted to have that juggernaut ready ready for the trip next week because uh, it's been a it's been a year. It's been and it's uh, yeah. I was so close. I was so close, and then the silly rules came out, and it just blew my motivation to build. Right, so I'm just like, I will get this darn thing done, and then I will yeah, fly they and enjoy it. They banded everything, um, pretty much over there in, in your neck of the woods, right? Uh, yeah, they've certainly made it difficult. So for for me to for me to go out to my park and fly the juggernaut would probably just attract way too much attention. So we're kind of, um, we're just waiting it out. The boys were flying yesterday while I was doing yard work because, you know, I've got to get some, I've got to check some things off the box before I take off on a road trip. And, um, you know, and it's just like, ah. Oh. So it's like, yeah. So the big stuff I have not been trying to fly because it's just, I don't want to draw attention. I'm going to, I'm keeping with the smaller stuff for now. Um, but that yeah. will get finished. I mean, I'm so close. It's basically, you know, drop in the servos, cut the, you know, do all the linkages, cut the, cut in the, uh, the, uh, the ailerons and, uh, paint and laminate. Okay. So that's maybe what, 10 hours or more of work, but I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. getting there. I'm getting there. Cause all this beautiful equipment is just sitting in the plane. <laughs> A lot of times, like that's a that's discouraging for for new flyers and for new builders. Like they don't they don't want to spend the time 
into to making a craft. Yeah. But it's the end result. It's the uh, it's the enjoyment. It's the amount of knowledge that you can learn from a yes. build like that because that, you know, like like when you have an issue out there in the field, you're like, okay, I put the spars, you know, here, and if it's if it's cracked or if it's you know, I got a, a blemish. I know how to patch it. You know, I know that white gorilla glue will seal it back up. Um, if I, you know, I hit a tree and it jammed a hole into the wing, and you're like, oh crap! How am I going to fix this? You know, you can shove white gorilla glue in there and, and water and mix it up, and it'll expand. You trim it off, and then you're good. You're back in the air. Yeah. Um. So, you know, for for new flyers, you know, after like the 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 Versa wing, the Pop wing. Um, the S800 type wing, um, you know, after you, you, you learn with those, you know, and if you want to, you know, graduate to another, uh, you know, another uh, frame, you know, like these are always be here. Like I'm not like I will never sell uh, one of these wings to like a new flyer. Hey, I'm a new flyer. Um, I don't I don't like to do that. I <laughs> no. push them away. Yeah. Um, and it's because like I, I'm not a, I'm not a salesperson. I don't really care if I sell it or not. Um, you know, if you're going to come to me, then you're going to, it's, it's all up to you. I'm not going to say, Hey, you got to come and buy this right now, this weekend only <laughs> sale. So I, I don't like doing that. Um, you know, if you decide to ask questions, I'm going to fill you in. Even if it's not my, my aircraft, I'm going to, I'm going to help you out as best I can with the amount of time that I have. Um, and, and, and kind of get that new flyer, you know, get their feet wet. And then when they're ready to graduate, um, like we all did, we all have done, um, you know, these crafts will be here. You know, it was very cool. It was funny, Ruben. So, go ahead, Chris. Uh, it was funny, Ruben, you were talking about the testing and the dive and the flex and everything, and it re- brought back a memory um, you know, way back in the early flight test days when um, David was over here and they, they were trying to find a good big wing uh, to fly like long range or, or something, you know, long for a long period of time, FPV. And the only thing really back at that time they could find that was halfway decent was the old Swift XL. And I don't remember if you've ever seen this thing, but it really was just a, a, a small Swift that they blew up, had no reinforcement in it. And at the time they stuck back then, you know, the, the FPV gear was rather large and heavy and we were flying 900 megahertz back then. And it was so funny to see those guys trying to get the CG right and, you know, what kind of spars and what to do, especially I remember Chad Capper worked for a long time on that uh, Swift XL trying to get it sturdy enough to carry all the gear and hold together. And it was, it was almost, I mean, they did get it to fly, not very well, (laughs) but they did get it to fly uh, him and Bixler. But it was just really interesting to see back then when there wasn't any of these big wings and they didn't have any kind of uh, uh, anything, you know, any spars in them or anything that helped hold them together, you know, under a load. And now look, you know, four or five years, you know, the difference of what we're getting. We're using the, basically the same EPB type foam, but the, the way they're built, the reinforcement, uh, the power systems, I mean, everything has changed so much. It's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to like process on my, on my end. It sounded it was like skipping every other word. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> it, it sounded it sounded choppy. Um, I heard I heard the 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 Swift, the Maxi Swift, and trying to get it to fly with a bunch of stuff on it. Um, 
I think that's the uh, Andre. Did you hear that too? Yes, that is basically what he was uh, talking about. Yeah, and, and some of the early days with flight tests. So I guess to 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 tail dove that or uh, dovetail that 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 statement. What would be your ultimate wing? Um, the the ultimate. I had to turn your your guys's. It sounded weird. Um, it was doing that transformer thing a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know it's, it's a loving, you know, multiple outlets. It's got to pull from, um, I probably say, uh, the, the juggernaut. I always go back to the juggernaut. Um, it's just a, a good around, a good all, all around, uh, flyer. Um, yeah, it's, that would be like this one here. I don't know what it is. It just, it can handle it. Um, selfie sticks. <laughs> That's true. Extra, you know, I mean, you can take payloads, um, you know, your, your safe, your safe GoPro, or I don't know about your session. Your session would be our, and this, this oh. is waterproof, right? But I think the, the housing makes it last longer because it's got even got a, the, the glass uh, replacing um, front end mm-hmm. element. Well, I have a polarized insert in there, so it actually helps the lens. So, um, like having your video secure, like the airframe works okay. I know that. Um, I'm, I'm, but I want like video. So that if I know that the video is safe instead of flying naked without uh, a protective case, I would probably, you know, go with the Juggernaut. It's a good size, um, relatively good flight characteristics, actually, really good flight characteristics. Um, good payload so I can throw in any battery range I want um, yeah. 4,000 all the way up to like 5,000 or 50, 5,400 milliamp uh, zippy pack will fit in there. So it's just, a, it's just a big range and it doesn't affect its flight characteristics. So if I, Oh, one pack left and it's the, you know, 5,400 milliamp, will it work? Yes, it will work. So this being that versatile is nice. Yeah. Now, Ruben, I know we've been keeping you on here for an hour and uh, love talking to you, but one question we always ask all our guests when we get them on here, we know you're obviously passionate about sweep wings and everything you make, but there's always, no matter who we talk to, there's always other stuff out there that you like to fly. So our question is, what what else is in your uh, repertoire? I mean, what, what else do you have that you fly besides the wings? Okay, I was trying to make out. It was doing it. It's doing it again. I don't know what it is. It's like skipping your 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 words. I can, I was trying to make it. I was like, what what? So, um, what's my favorite wing that I like? I prefer, or that, or what else? No, what do else you, do you fly? Yeah, besides wings. Oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I it, it, it's literally cutting out every word that you're saying. Um. Let me see. How can we... Andre, did you catch that? Yeah, he basically said, what else do you fly besides wings? Okay. Oh, nothing. I only... <laughs> well, I fly... Uh, I've got an uh, Sabak, S-Bak up there that I used to fly. I want to fly it again. Um, and not not too much. I mainly fly wings only because they uh, they don't mess around. They You can bash them and minimal fixing. Like, I don't... God, honestly, I don't, I don't remember the last plane I had to fix. <laughs> I, I don't. That's I just, true. That I get very home, true about wings. Yeah, dust them off, and then I just I set them 
I set them right there. Like after the test run, it just sits there. Um, and I'll put them up on the rack. I don't have to do anything. So <laughs> I think this is the wings. I've been playing with the the the, the tiny whoop uh, clones only because Horizon Hobby sells them for like a hundred bucks, and I was like, nope, not gonna pay that much. Um, and then I, you know, just practicing with that, just kind of get used to. Uh, I haven't graduated for you know to the the mini quads yet, but um, I, you know, eventually I would like to, to to get my feet wet. I played with it uh, back in the day uh, for a little bit. But then I got discouraged, and then now the new technology is here, which is even easier to do. So, I'd like to I'd like to play with the, uh, you know get my feet wet with the mini quad um, at some point, just because I've been watching everyone else's, uh, and it looks interesting, and you know kind of revamp the frames here. But yeah, mainly wings, guys. I'm not gonna lie, uh, mainly wings. I just I don't know what it is. I'm just driven. Now nah, wings wings are awesome, man. Wings are awesome. There's just no BS. They just work. Well, Ruben, I know we're having some well, audio think, Ruben, issues. We, yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Can you, is there it, he is. Is it good, there bad, is. ugly? Oh. It's, ugly. All right. It's your 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 levels your levels are good. It's just it's cutting out every, every other All right. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, oh, what? Obviously it must be <laughs> Skype, so Andre, if you can hear me if you want uh thanks. Uh, thank Ruben, and we'll let him go. And we appreciate uh, him coming on, hanging out with us. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> Thanks, was, guys, I appreciate it. That was awesome. It was real good to see you. Even when it was really brief uh, there in uh, when I was down in uh, for Flight Fest. So um, we'll have to hook up again sometime this year. Hopefully, we'll cross paths again. I know, man. That'd be cool, man. I uh, I was I was really shocked that you came all the way down. You know, when we were in uh, in Canada. So it was it was cool to see you, and you were able to see the actual event of what mm-hmm. everyone was talking about and see see the actual racing um so it was it was it was nice to see you out there finally per, in person instead of over the internet <laughs> yes sir all right guys well thank you very much i appreciate uh you letting me uh uh jump on the show yes thanks Ru- ruben Everybody i know check out sweetwings.com and uh, the man sells ruben sells some some awesome gear all right and with that uh we'll let you go Thanks for joining us. I'm going to call Andre back on Skype and see if uh, it works better. All right. Thank you. See ya. Bye. All right. We have definitely have an internet issues today. Uh, I know the feed's been a little slow on Facebook Live. So let's get, um, we'll get Andre back on here and see. Hopefully it's a little bit better. I don't know what's going on. Typical Sunday morning. I don't know internet issues. We'll see if, hopefully this is a little bit better. I hope. Maybe. And it's Bye. ringing. Oh. Hello. Is Hello. this better? Keep talking, man. Yep. Keep talking. Better audio. We're having problems. Hopefully, this is better than it was. I didn't know we were having audio issues. Is it better? Oh, yeah. It was real jumpy. It's All a right. little better. Huh. I don't know what's better. going Worst on. Case we can drop. I don't know. My inter- I rebooted my modem before the show, too. Yeah. Sometimes around here, you never know on the weekends, in the mornings, internets are, cr- I don't know why, it's crap. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was interesting. It was nice to talk to Ruby. He's obviously, I, it's so nice. You know, you hear the, uh, the, the passion the guy has, you know, in his voice for what yeah. he's doing and trying to make his products better. And, you know, like he said, he's not going to just say here to a beginner here, take this, you need this, fly this. Yep. You I know? love his ethics. His yeah. Ethics for, for the no, hobby. It, I mean, he, he really cares. Exactly. He, 
he's real about what he's doing. He's real about his mission. And like I said, I feel like a complete Kumba because I haven't finished my wings, <laughs> but it's just the way the season's gone for right. me, right? It's just, I yeah. was so ready to go, out. and then everything went downhill. So I basically, the juggernaut, I've had a year now, and it's uh, it's like, what, 75% done. Yeah. I mean, you're so, so close, so close, but... Yeah, it's just spending those hours, and I thought I would have had a chance over the over the winter to do mm-hmm. it, and just stuff, just you know, where it just didn't happen. So that's what happened to um, me. I had so many yeah. projects I wanted to get done, and I didn't do any of them, not even one. <laughs> so Scott, I was going to ask you, um, what was I going? No, I lost my train of thought. I got too much stuff going on over here. Oh. Um, I haven't talked to you for a while, and yeah. I know you were kind of on vacation and everything, and we got you in studio. It's been probably a couple months. So I was just curious. I always like to ask you guys or any of our friends or whoever we fly with, is there anything on your radar recently that you've seen or, or something you're like, ah, I'm really, this is looking good. Yeah, and, and it's your fault, too. It's so, always my fault. <laughs> I get that all the time. So when Pat and I were in here and you guys threw the goggles on me, mm-hmm. on us both, uh, and flying around with the the little inductrix, and I know and Andre's <laughs> pulling up some more eye candy here. Oh yeah, that was a blast. That was actually it was better than I had imagined because I never put on a pair of goggles before, right? Like that, and it was it was awesome. So like I definitely want to get into that realm, and I'm looking for so many like I'm. That that day, like I went home and then I just like scoured the internet. All right, what goggles do I need to get? I mean, should I go the cheap route? Should I? I don't know what to get. You know, this and that and the other thing. So uh, that's on my radar. I mean, I'm definitely going to do some kind of FPV. Yeah, and I'm going to get a, a mini quad. I mean, those look just fun, right? Because I, I know you're going to talk about some of those things, so I can probably wait. Right, because I, I know for a while there, you were really looking into getting a small wing or, yeah. or something. Yeah, I know. have I have, um, I have, have a Mini Aero, yeah. and then I have another one that's ready to be built, and boy, if I do get like uh, a nice headset or something like mm-hmm. that, I want to get into that, but oh, there's so many choices out there, and I don't know what to get. <laughs> and the technology keeps changing. The price keeps changing. I know. So, I don't know. Well, we're going to talk about that more yeah. in a little bit. because yeah, I, I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, no problem. But I was just curious. I haven't seen you talk to you for a while. So, I was just wondering if anything is on your radar. And it was funny because when Pat was in here, we I talked to him. And I said, hey, you know, I know your FPV experience, you know, he was, yeah, you know, you really kind of changed my outlook, but I'm, he's like, you yeah. know, I'm not really sure exactly what to get, yeah. you know, a wing or a quad or, you know, so. No, I want to, I want to get a little quad. I mean, I want to get something that can do definitely indoor for the, you know, the winter mm-hmm. months, but maybe is strong enough to do outdoor. I don't know if there's something that exists that can do both. Yeah. Maybe I just like just get to get like a larger one or mm-hmm. or get a smaller one, because once you have all that that gear, then yeah, it's not yeah. you know it's reasonable. It's just the frames, it's just right. the frames, right? right. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's going to be my next thing. I'm going to get something up if you really did. <laughs> all right. Well, real quick, I'm going to run through a couple news stories because this came through. Um, what was it? Two yesterday? No, two days ago. 
And I'm not going to get into it big time, but it, we definitely have to talk about it and mention it, at least for everybody here in the States. But the big news here was the federal appeals court uh, rules out that the FAA's registration rule violates Section 336. Have you heard about this? Really? No. Oh, you're kidding me. Really? Like, this popped up, and it just exploded. Now, what this is, everybody knows here in the States, we all have to register with the right. FAA if we want to fly, right? Unless it's under 250 grams, which kind of what Andre's holding in front of the camera there. And... What it was is a, uh, a lawyer named John A. T uh, Taylor. I think he's a real estate lawyer. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he was like, you know what? They're violating uh, Section 336. I'm going to take them to court. And I thought in the back of my head it was, you know, I he wasn't going to win, but it would be great press and, and right. maybe show that we yeah, don't. people thinking. Yeah. And we're not just going to sit back and go, okay, this right. is what we got to do. So he took him to court, and believe it or not, he won the case. And supposedly, as of now, this registration mess, you might as well throw it right out your window. Really? Yes. And I'll read here a little bit about it. John A. Taylor uh, made us all aware of a case he filed on March 14th, 2017, challenging the FAA's small unmanned aircraft registration Taylor, a Maryland attorney, successively argued that Section 336 of the FAA Modernization and Reform Act of 2012 expressively prohibits any further regulation, including registration of model aircraft. Uh, today in Federal Court Appeals, District Columbia ruled that drone and hobby model aircraft registration did violate the FAA Modernization and Reform Act of 2012, Section 336, and rendered it void. This is a huge victory for all hobby model aircraft pilots that were forced to comply with FAA regulations or stiff penalties at the end of this dark chapter in model aviation. So, wow. Andre, you don't even have to worry about coming down and having a number anymore. Wow. I know I can, I can fly easier in the U.S. than I can in Canada at this point, now, which is kind now, of silly. What about silly. commercial vehicles? Do they? Does that affect them too? I. That's a good question. I'm gonna say that they probably still have, have to be to. registered because they're under, you know, the 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 commercial aspect right. of it and still have to have the 107 and right. all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that, that yeah. part of it. Um, right. I wasn't sure about um, but it. But just for the general hobbyists... Oh, just that's gonna, great. Yes. That's awesome. Now, my, my biggest fear is, you know, the FAA is not something to take lightly. And now right. that this has got overturned, right. are they going to be like... Okay, fine. You want to play this ball game? Oh, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. What What are they possibly going to do down the road? Wow. That's my worry. That's my thought. You know what I mean? Now, the other thing is, uh, somebody made up a good point here on the Facebook chat, is right now we're having a lot of problems with state and local laws enforcing you know, the drone mm. stuff. You can't fly here. You can, no drones are allowed here. And really the FAA was kind of like, no, you can't do that. We're federally regulated, and you know, they got to – got to play by our rules not oh that's true you know what so i mean that opens up the door potentially I, for local yeah rules, so that could know. be bad um one guy here mike jackson says here in reno we already can't fly anything in the parks yeah so that's <laughs> i mean we're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard that's, place that's with this. all that i fly you know in yeah the parks like that's the only place that's a nice open area to fly right so but 
I was just rather That's interesting. Yeah, it's it's going to be real interesting here in the next I don't know six months or to see where this is going to go or how what the FA is going to do now. Right? You know, are they going to say okay, fine, we're not you know, who knows? But anyway, just Google it if you haven't wow. heard about it or don't know anything about it. Just Google it. It is all over the internet, and I got all kinds. I can't of believe stuff. I missed. That. <laughs> yeah, it was huge news. Now, the only other thing I want to talk about real quick, because I was surprised to hear this, and I sent Andre the link last night, and I didn't even know about it. Um, here we go. Now, you, now I know you were interested in getting a DJI product, so I'm going to read this to you. And this, I think I know what you're talking you about. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I did look this up. Now, this popped up late last night. I seen it, uh, sent it to Andre. Uh, it says... DJI to restrict non-compliant drones at the next software update. As of now, this will cause a storm. It will only be as good as the data DJI provides. It certainly will be a topic uh, uh, coming out. One of the things that brings back into sharp focus is how much data DJI is storing on you. They are, in effect, asking for an update. If you do not comply with this update, your DJI system will be throttled and fly no farther than 50 meters distance and 30 meters altitude. City park flyers prepare to take country trips to get your thing to be able to fly. This is an effort to please regulators around the world. I hope their guidance has been sought as to applicable restricted airspace in whatever country. The accuracy and completeness of some airspace information is questionable in some places. And we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast where some of these airports don't even exist anymore. But when you go on the Before the Fly app, they're like, according to this, we can't fly it. You know, and there's so this is very interesting to me. Says, will this stop DJI equipment flying altogether in certain countries where private RPAS flight is forbidden? This update. Uh, explains will be lost in the noise of next week's expected launch of the DJI Spark. But this is right from DJI. It says, soon we will introduce a new application activation process for international customers. And this step to take effect at the end of next week. So next week, Andre, maybe even when you get down here, we may see an update on our Phantoms. Yeah. So it could be very interesting. What it? I, and again, they don't really specify. I don't know if they're going to be really limiting us now with this update. Like, okay, this is where you live. This is your region. These are your rules. This is all you can do. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. I haven't yeah. got that far into it. But it would be very interesting to see what they do with this update. It says, this update will... Uh, be in effect the end of the week ensures that you will use the correct set of geospatial information and flight functions for your aircraft as determined by your geographical location and user profile. Even if you have registered when activating your aircraft upon purchase, you will have to log in once you've updated the new version of the DJI Go or Go 4 app. If you have forgotten your password since your initial login, you can reset it using the function on the app. You will need a data connection to the internet for your smartphone or tablet when you log in in order to verify account information and activate the updated software or firmware. If this activation process is not performed, aircraft will not have access to the correct geospatial information and flight functions for that region, and its operations will be restricted if you update the upcoming firmware. Live camera streaming will be disabled. 
The flight will be limited to a 50 meter, which is 164 foot radius and 98 feet high. This feature applies to all aircraft except standalone A3 and 3. They have been upgraded to the latest firmware uh, when using future versions of the DJI Go apps. I mean, whoa. That just got pretty serious with what they can do with yeah, their... but so, so what what it's implying is that you're you're running data when you're at the field, right? I never run data, so you do your update and it says, yeah, I know where I am, and then from there, I don't know what's going to happen. So yeah, but I never run data when I'm on the field, anyhow. Mm, I don't think I do either, to be honest with you. But still, I just wondered with that update. And your information, of course. I mean, is that for just like live streaming? Is that no, no, no. That's the way they're talking. You know, depending on what country you're in uh, and what your flight restrictions are, they're they're looking to see, uh, try to limit to what you're doing in whatever region you're in. I think that's the way it sounds to me. Yeah. I could I could be totally wrong. It was really kind of hard to interpret interpret exactly what. Yeah, I hope it's just like a message that pops up and gives you your rules. You know, based on where you're at. Yeah, I don't and know. Let you make an informed decision before you fly it. Because, yeah, just like you said, I mean, you could be in an area that, hey, it, at one time it used to be classified as an airport in a restricted area. Yeah. Now it's not. But right. that area has not been, you know, updated in their records. So mm -hmm. good luck. Right. So, anyway, that's uh, what little bit of news I got this week since I've been so busy doing it, any other things. Uh, you know, my Twitter feed <laughs> blew up. You know, we're cutting down trees to make more room for FPV when Andre gets here, and we're doing all kinds of crazy things. Um, okay, what's next? All right, I got something, Andre, that you don't know about that I was on the fence about and that I probably shouldn't admit, but I will anyway. Um, I definitely, Andre, have been looking at some different goggles. Not that I have anything wrong with my head plays. I, I still love them. But for some reason, I have been looking at some Fat Shark goggles and was very, very close to purchasing some uh, Dominator V3s and kind of nice. shopped around a little bit. I uh, was looking at cost and... The crazy thing was I was on Get FPV because I love those guys and order a lot of stuff from Get FPV. And they had the head play SE there ready to roll for 200 bucks. And in case you don't know, the SEs, they, they've changed a few things. I, uh, they put an all-new receiver in it. It's supposed to be a lot better because I have noticed on the original head plays, if anybody has them or whatever, the receiver's not the best, uh, and it does not have diversity, but you can plug uh, with some AV cables. Uh, you can put a diversity receiver into it, and I have one, and I've been meaning to try that. And when Andre and everybody gets down here, I think I may try that to see you know how it works. Yeah, um, but we can do a heads up. Heads yeah. Up head plays? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, flying some FPV where I was getting a lot of interference and noise, I've switched over to my other system that I have with the, the Hobby King goggles with the um, uh, other type of receiver. Same antennas on everything. They I do get better reception. So with the, these newer head plays, obviously the newer receiver is supposed to be better. So we're going to see it also has auto scan, which I absolutely love. You just hit the button, you know, because yeah. flying multiple things, you're always trying different channels. And there was one other thing I think it had. Now I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, anyway, also what they did was 
they put an XT60 connector on the back, so you can put any battery you want on there. Um, it also nice. it also came with. Jeez, uh, I don't even have it there. The oh man, what the heck's the name of them? I should have looked. For people that still had problems with that super up close, like IMAX style in your face. Yeah, they have a different lens. Yes, it comes with a different lens that kind of separates your eyes. Yes, for now, well, kind of. But it's not one big lens, Andre. It's actually the two separate lenses that you can actually put right inside the uh, head play goggles. I should pull them out. Oh, it's like a binocular type. Hang on, I'll get it out. Bang. So... But yeah, it'd be interesting here if you want to check them out. There's Scott. I'll pull them out of the box real quick. And uh, neat. Yeah, but I tell you, I was really. Uh, These things are light. It, yeah, they're super light. It's really light. Here they are, Andre. They're. Uh, I don't know exactly what you what you call them, but see, they have a, a separate. I, I should turn my camera yeah. on for you, huh? So you can see what the heck's going no, on. No, no, I'm watching the stream. Oh, I'm can watching you see the stream. stream. So you got I a separate lens, nice. yeah, yeah, that, that separate the big lens. And wow, I still cool. need to find. I still need to get a set of goggles with HDMI if I do intend to fly the Phantom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a little bit more with the goggle experience. Um, the other thing is potentially to look up to, um, you know, later on this year, look at those um, uh, the actual DJI goggles. Yeah. Right, right. Because I watched, I watched the flight test when they just, you know, literally did an unboxing and flew, mm-hmm. and you know, they they look silly, they look big, but you know, if they can wire into my, uh, if they can wire into my setup really well, and I have to, I'm not sure, pardon me, if my Phantom Four will do the, will do the panning or not, but whatever, or at least you get the tilt, but. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, look, I still gotta. I still gotta buy the the uh, the video module for the the, the oh, transmitter. Yeah. yeah. And, and just again, my personal opinion, Andre. Like, if I I don't use my goggles a whole lot with the Phantom. I mean, not as much yeah. as I thought I was gonna do. But for two hundred bucks, getting what you're getting with the head play. I mean, yeah, sure, you don't have all the bells and the whistles and and being able to change all your settings. But honestly, once my my settings are set and I'm up flying around the goggles. I don't I don't mess with anything because then you got to kind of stop and pause a copter and you know do the little thing on yeah. the goggles and so I think just for two hundred bucks the head plays you can't beat them for the you know the goggles no and that's the that's the type of goggle I think I like better I don't know and that re- I wasn't sure why we're on the okay a couple other things so I was pricing out the fat shark goggles. And yeah. I, I actually had the the Dominators in my cart. So then I was looking around. I really wanted the diversity receiver. Now, reading around yeah, a little... 50 bucks. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that was for the, the cheap set, like the regular um, Fat Shark uh, module. And yeah. reading that, Andre, it's really not a true diversity module either. So no. if you no. look around on, on websites... The Forge and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, now you're talking $70, $80 for a d- diversity module. So now you're you know $350 for the goggles and then another you know $70 $80 for a module. I j- I just couldn't get myself to I mean and I don't fly FPV 24/7 though. That's that's my thing, you know, a little bit yeah. here, a little bit 
there, have some fun with it. So I just couldn't drop that money on on that. That's the thing. I know. I, that's why I can't make up my mind. I was lo- also looking at the fact chart, the uh, the transformer. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty interesting because it has a screen that you yeah. can take off, mm-hmm. and then you, so you could use that separately. It's like mm-hmm. all in one. It yep. can do all that stuff. And that wasn't too expensive, but boy, I would really like to just actually see the quality, like what it looks like before you drop yes. all that money. That's the thing. Yes. Like, I want to go somewhere yes. and see it first, for sure. Right. And and I know I think I've told you before, everybody that I've talked to that tried the Hobby King uh, Quantum Goggles, yeah. especially like the V2, said right. for the money, they're, for the, yeah, right. they're unbelievable. Yeah. Yep, and that I was throwing that around too. I was like, "Oh man, so so many decisions." Yeah, right. Um, so this brought me up to the question, Andre. Uh, this is from I don't know if he has his regular name in here. Constantine his his AKA is Eyes of Canada Goose. He had a question for me. It says, "How does FPV look on your P3 with the HDMI module and the head plate? Does the video have all the same telemetry as your iPad screen, or is it clear? How about the aspect ratio? I'm asking because I have the P4, the same bird Andre has, and I use a Nivea K1 shield that has the HDMI out. I plug the mini HDMI cable in the tablet output." Another goes into the head plate HDMI port, and I have the exact same screen in the goggles as a tablet hat. Aspect ratio is not perfect, however, and I was thinking of getting a secondhand HDMI module for my P4, but was not sure if it was worth it. Thoughts? I'm sure Andre is also interested to know more. Uh, so he's coming out of his tablet and then back into a uh, an HDMI display. So he is getting actually... Yes, he's, I don't think he's getting the same. He's definitely getting a compromised image because he's getting the tablet because the tablet's pulling the data. It's data flow. It's not a, a yeah. video flow. Yeah. So, yeah. And in the head play goggles, um, you are not actually getting the whole like data screen that you see on your tablet. Actually, it, it's completely clear. I'm trying to think off the top of my head now and I'm thinking about you do get a, uh, a few little um, indicators of like where you're at. Uh, it does have your altitude and your speed and everything down in the bottom. It's it's almost like a very simple OSD in, in the goggles. But you get that nice big aspect ratio, though, that you get on your screen with the head plays. I like it better. It's yeah. not all cluttered up with everything on there. Very simple. It has a very simple like radar in it that moves and kind of shows you which direction is back towards home. It's That's very cool. simple. Yeah. So yeah. honestly, I I'll, I'll take the that image through the head plays through their display. Um, so it is not the same as a screen. It is different. Yeah. So. Honestly, if, if things hadn't, if, if if a lot of the events that had transpired so far this year hadn't happened, I probably would have already had a set of goggles and the module, mm-hmm. and I would be, you know, I'd be setting myself up for the 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 enhanced antenna array. But right now, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of waiting and seeing. I have no intention of not flying my uh, my P4, but I'm not going to invest in anything extra right now at this yeah. time. So right. Right. But I, it is something I would love to have. I would love to have a set of goggles, something um with hdmi input so it just gives me that extra option for a couple of different things so for now i'm sticking with you know i'm not actually investing any extra money right now in any of that other technology i'm just kind of waiting yeah uh mike finley sent a message too. say if you uh, check out the e-machine version 2 goggles and and that's the thing like scott you just said 
there's so many out there. It'd be so it'd be so nice to like line them up. I know. Put these on. And go. Yeah. Okay, I don't like these. Yeah. Put yeah. these on. Oh, these are yeah. pretty good. Because yeah. honestly, if you bought a set and you didn't get to try all the rest of them, and you put them on, you're like, oh, this is the best thing in the world. But yeah. the ones down, you know, whatever this right. this one could be better for you than this one. Exactly. And that's something that doesn't come across on YouTube videos. You don't. Ex- you yes. don't know. No. You know yeah. until no. you actually put them on your face and see how they perform with your own eyes. You know, yeah. You just don't know. Right. So it's really a preference on, you know, what you like. And ironically enough, <clears throat> this has worked out really well. And that's got the, the, the DVR. Again, another eSheen. That's the DVR Pro. I think it's upside down. And that's just kind of wired onto the back of it, hooked into my diversity. And um, I flew with that. Chris has seen some of the DVR footage when I was flying with a little uh, GT90 or 90GT, depending on which manual you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And it did pretty good comparing this was sitting away in the back of the bench and everything. And it was, you know, the recording came out really solid, actually. So that's got a nice little video transmitter set up on the little the little quad. But, um, you that's know, awesome. it's nice to have the, uh, the DVR. And that was like $14, right? Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, I've talked about this before, too. I can, I can throw that DVR into my goggles, too. Uh, but I prefer to have it on the screen. That way I can flick through the sources and I can see the DVRs working. And then go back to my uh, my diversity feed, right? But so that'll be with me when I go come down next week there. Nice, because it's just handy to have. Um, I'm not sure. Well, obviously, I think I think a lot of our FPV is going to be multi rotors. To be honest, yeah. I, hopefully, yeah. we do get the wings out maybe a couple times. But I, I think, honestly, in my opinion, just cranking around even around my yard or whatever, the small little uh, quadcopters are going to be more fun. I yeah. think personally. I mean. I'll have my arrow. I haven't flown that thing in ages, and it's it's beat up, but I'll still fly. We'll still fly it, and I'll bring the I'll bring the slower arrow as well because mm-hmm. that was fun. The the line of sight that we were doing at Wayne's just kind of slowing it yes. down. And, yes, yes, yeah. right. But I tell you, I, I have to say, when I the, when I was in California and I flew that brand new fresh arrow, it was like, oh, this uh, is so nice. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> you know? My arrow is beat up, and it's uh, obviously. Um, there was a difference between those cheap generic servos and the nice, uh, the nice five gram ones from Emacs. Mm-hmm. Those things were fast. No kidding. They were fast, fast, fast servos. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I, because th- when I took the, when I took off with the plane, I had, I had used the three S bird, the FPV ship, which is a heavier bird. So I, you know, the, uh, the, the rates were kind of jacked up. And mm-hmm. then on this lightweight one with the fast servos, woo. <laughs> I was rolling like before I even knew what was going on. So, huh? But it was still, uh, it was still good. It was good. But I think, yeah, I think we'll see a lot of uh, FPV action with the multi rotors. And I've got like you know, fifteen of these, uh, you know, Zippy Compact Two S five hundred. So oh, I can be in the air forever oh, my with gosh. that little quad. It was so, fun. It flew really well. It flew really, really well. And what I, yes, and I can't wait because in my hands and a few test flights on air, if anybody's watching live on Facebook, I do have a blade torrent and have flown several packs through it. It's like you were weed eating with that that grass in there. Oh, yes. Yeah, I actually (laughs) had, oh, yeah, yeah. So, cans of air. (laughs) I, I can't wait for you to get down here and we can just pass the transmitters around and go from the GT90 to the Blade Torrent to Andre, I have a Vortex 150 coming. 
And well, hold on. Okay. And I'll, I'll well, I'll bring and I'll I'll have my multi RC with me as well. Yes. So, you know, we're gonna have several several machines at our disposal for this weekend. You know, and they all run. Is is that one in your hand there, the Torrent? Is that the 2S one, or is that a 3S? Well, it'll run on 2 or 3, either or. Okay. So cool. I have been running it uh, on 3S, the 450 3S. And the problem I have with this is every 450 3S battery, I think, anywhere around is sold out. I can't find 453 <laughs> cells. Literally, I can't find... I, Got everything our local hobby shop had, which was two, because they only had two left. <laughs> and uh, he says, hopefully we'll get some, you know, back in Monday or Tuesday. I can try to get some, some more. But uh, man, that thing's pretty solid. Like it feels pretty solid. Not bad. Now the crazy thing was when I went and picked this up, I walked in and our our local guy down there at Aerotech, his name's Roy. Say, hey, Roy, you got any blade torn? He goes, I got one left he goes i just ordered six he did he said i didn't think that they would sell and he goes i got them in this week and they're, they're that's gone. the only really, one wow yeah so he goes I, I gotta order some more he goes they sold like hotcakes so nice. my, uh my initial impression impression though really andre is i i was shocked at how nimble fast agile this thing really was because i mean yeah it looks good and everything it does it still to me feels a little toyish kind of looks at yeah. a little toyish you yes. know with the plastic cover and the blade guards and everything but very impressed with the the flying i mean seriously so i have a question yeah would you fly that indoors or is it too strong for indoors i personally probably wouldn't fly wouldn't this fly indoors. That indoors yeah i'm sure on a two cell if you had a bigger place yeah you could right. three cell yeah. there ain't I'll, no I'll way i'll be putting I'll be putting the brush guards on this on the on the ninety. <laughs> broken prop. Too. There's a few broken so props. It's, yeah, it's got some zip to it. <laughs> yeah, what you're yeah, saying. That's like, that's it, it might be and just a little bit indoor. too fast for indoor. Yeah, and a little bit too big. Too like big, I too. really like because you know we were flying the nano. You can get through little. Yeah, tiny. yeah the, that's the, true. The FPV inductrix indoors. Yeah, you can't beat that thing indoors. That but for true. just cranking around the yard, this torrent is just it's it really. I was really impressed about the inductrix pro. Not yet. It's on the list. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but again, it it'll be very interesting, you know, to compare a lot of them. And it was funny. I got some email. You probably read them, Andre. It's like we were talking about the Torrent and the Vortex Pro, and a couple of emails were like, "Oh, you got to don't waste your money on the Torrent. Buy the Vortex Pro, and it's so much better." And this and that, blah blah blah. Now, look, I'm I'm going to ex- say something here because Andre can attest to this a little bit. We have flown some of the best quadcopter freestyle racing quads out there. Like we flew <laughs> Chad Nowak's, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, quad Tuned. alien five inch quad. You know, Ch- <laughs> obviously Chad Capper had it, but it was a a, Ch- a Chad Nowak copter. And don't get me wrong, that thing was in. Incredible. <laughs> like I just Boom. thought about that thing for yes. It was I thought about that thing for three days, like, oh my gosh, I just didn't think something could fly that well and that easy. You you look at a guy like Chad Nowak and his skills and what he right. does with that thing, and you you think you're gonna get it in your hands and you're not gonna be able to fly it. It is a complete opposite. It was one of the easiest quadcopters I've ever flown yeah. in my life. Wow. It was so locked and so just it was it was like poetry in motion when you flew it. <laughs> Whatever you thought you yeah. wanted it to do, it would do, and it was locked in and flips. I mean, it was unreal. But You're shooting gaps and doing flips and rolls. 
But that thing is like 800 bucks yes. or minimum of 700 bucks. Now, personally, I'm not going to spend... Hey, if you're into it and that's what you do, I have no problem. Yep. I'm not going to spend that kind of money, and, I, and I'm sure I could probably get a deep discount through Chad to you know do something like that. I'm just looking for something that has similar similar characteristics that I can bomb around the yard with. It's not going to cost me an arm and a leg, you know. So that's why when the torrent come yeah. out and it, it, you know, it's it's small. It finally has the brushless motors. You know, it's got a regular uh, flight control board on it, and it's two hundred bucks. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. So why not give it a shot? And everybody's like, ah, you got to get the the Vortex and blah blah. So. We have a Vortex 150 Pro coming, and we're just going to go, you know, head-to-head, and we're going to compare them. You know, what's the difference? And and don't get me wrong. I'm sure the Vortex is a better machine. You're paying more for it. You know what I mean? Yep. You're getting a better product. But, for yeah, or the HMB, you know, what, what is that, the 180, 150? What is that HMB you got there in your hands, Andre? That is the shenanigans. Okay. So... That is the 150 mil frame and everything, and that's got some uh, 1306 4000 kV motors, mm-hmm. and that'll run on a 3S. So that'll be coming with me. So basically, you know, there are my two little. Yeah. There are my. I'll have, you know, one, two, three. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Right. I'm all stacked for the weekend, and then I'll also have the uh, Phantom. So. Yeah, so uh, oh, at least we all know we'll have enough to fly around. Your 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 house and your and oh, everybody's yeah. yards will be in trouble, and there'll be a lot of noise. <laughs> yeah. So someone says Eric says uh, I flew my King Kong ninety outside in a lot of wind. It handled, but I don't think I'd be able to do precision stuff. I was the wind wasn't too bad when I was flying. Mm-hmm. It was funny. I got a lot of comments. I I shared my privately. I shared my DVR role, uh, video, and then I had some other stuff that I put out when flying it. And everybody's like, why didn't you go underneath the bridge? <laughs> like, I wasn't there yet. <laughs> uh, you want, you wanted so bad to get under that bridge. Oh. I can tell you just oh. the way you were flying, I'm like, ah, he, he wants to get under that thing. He's very tempted. And you're like, eh, maybe not. And you were like, yeah, nah, not maybe yet. not. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll put the guards on it just to give myself a little bit of uh, protection. I have ordered some extra props, but the way shipping has been coming from overseas, I... I have no faith. I'll have to see something, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'll put the. Um, uh, I wasn't even sure what mode I was in. I might have been her in Horizon. I kind of just flicked through them. I had Air Mode, and I haven't got the rates set up or nothing. Actually, I, I I would love to see like TJ or someone just to tune this thing mm-hmm. and see what they could come up with, you know. Because I, I look at it and go, yeah, okay, it's flying, good enough for me, you right, know. Right. I'm. I'm. I will never be able to tell you. Well, mind you, like I said, we flew Chad's uh, set alien setup, and that was crazy. But yeah. I, I, I couldn't see myself spending those hours trying to figure this thing out. Going, you know, and I'm, I'm not advanced enough to know the difference between. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's shuddering there. The, uh, yeah. you know, the back prop is, you know, right. bounced to the air. You know, right. But this thing out of the box, it flew, and you know, everybody saw how close I got to the camera, and I was mm-hmm. in complete control, swinging around, and you know. Uh, you know, and it was just, it was just a lot of fun. And, you know, I had this, a couple good successful runs and I have yet, I've, I've done like you, I went around and I started cutting tree branches that were uh, dead and yeah. I got hung up in a few of them there, but, uh, it still was pretty responsive. It, it reminds me very much like flying 
the the little inductrix where you're very you're very cognizant of your drop. Mm-hmm. So you've got to watch. You get it's a lot of throttle management to keep your altitude. But you know, <laughs> on yeah. a good fresh pack, oh, it's a riot. Yeah, um, and two, you know, uh, I seen. Mike Finley was commenting too. I do fly. I was flying the the torrent on air mode, which I absolutely yeah. love. It's fantastic. Yeah. Now I I read through the whole thread on RC groups trying to get the lowdown on it, and I know a lot of people initially were having some serious drift issues with it. I guess I, maybe I was one of the lucky one. I, I I put it in you know horizon mode just briefly. It hovered great, had no problems, and went right to air mode and started cranking around. Now what I did notice, and I have some props for it. And I don't know if it's because of the guards. Uh, a couple times, obviously, I've crashed it already. As you can see, it's got grass <laughs> all over it. And sometimes it, it hit quicker than I could get the, the throttle cut or the disarm switch. So it got wound oh, up in the grass quick. And yeah, I yeah. think with these prop guards on here, that gra- grass gets in there. In oh, yeah, yeah, and gets not wound coming up, out. Right, and gets wound up in there. So that was one problem I did see. Now, the only other thing is I did kind of chew up the props a little bit. So after that, after probably two or three crashes, um, I was getting some on different throttle settings, some jello effect in the video. And that's, I think, just because the props are out of balance. So uh, I'll put some new props on it and see. Does that come with props? No. That's all separate? Yeah. Are they sold out too? Yeah, I had a hard time finding those too. Uh, Apparently, you can get some, trying to think of what they were, some other gem fan or something. Yeah. Yeah. some aftermarket props for it, yeah. no problem. So it'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, everybody gets down here. We'll we'll test them all together, and we'll get everybody in the podcast next week, and we'll see, you know, our thoughts and on everything. You know, so there you go. All the emails, Woo-hoo! everything we have, everything we have. We have, we have a practical. We're going to be. That means we got to shoot a video. Uh, we might shoot some video. Who knows? But. <laughs> I actually I think there's something I have to do today once I get through a couple of jobs around here is I actually start have to start doing my rundown and getting my uh, stuff ready for the trip. Gotcha. Uh, okay, so you were talking about the Inductrix Pro. We'll we'll talk about that real quick. I think I got it uh, up here somewhere. Uh, I was a little surprised about this andre after i i seen it and was reading some of the specs on it it's basically a tiny whoop like they took the camera a little upgraded frame they upgraded the motors and there you have it it is like a tiny whoop and this is probably something maybe they should have uh done the first time but we have the inductrix pro is what they're calling it uh, yeah, but they didn't. They didn't change the connector. They stuck with that little micro connector, which is like the bane of the existence of the one S pack. Yeah, but and, what uh, that that was the biggest thing that everybody talked about when when mm-hmm. this was released. Why stick with this connector? It's time that someone comes up with a better because they're they're running so much stuff through that, and uh, that's ninety nine percent. Well, not ninety nine, but a high rate of failure to the pack is related to the connector and stuff. Yeah, you're right. You're completely right. The thing I do like about it is they did improve the frame because my old frame, I can't keep it together yeah. anymore. Once it starts cracking up, you oh, try really? to it, yeah, um, you might as well just get a new one. So it's got an improved frame, updated frame design, boost added reinforcement in addition to a much, much stronger material. They also did a um, new 
uh, control board, beta flight configurable, F3 flight controller comes pre-flash and tuned with beta flight firmware, yet allows the pilot to adjust the flight characteristics. So you have that. And then what they did is they updated the camera. Again, well, I think what they should have done the first time. Um, 25 milliwatt VTX with monopole antenna offers better performance durability and a sleek lightweight profile. Uh, so they did cut weight on it too. It did supposedly lighten up. Well, they, yeah, they got rid of the cover. Yeah, that cover is heavy, really heavy, and supposedly at least now. Good. Saying sorry, at least now, at least now, like Chris, buy a frame. You know, that's, buy yeah. buy a new frame from them for yours, right? That's exactly what I was, was thinking about doing. Just buying a new frame, switching everything over. They did surprisingly go to the high speed motors, the nineteen thousand kV motors. Um, which I, it's a pro. Yeah, my thing was though reading when I when I built my tiny whoop, it was a big dilemma on which KV motors to get. I was really looking for that middle ground of battery life slash performance, and I maybe it is the nineteen KV motors that I did get. I can't remember off the top of my head, but you know you get too high on the KV, and then you're really knocking down your um, your flight times. So. But yeah. there you have it. That's the uh, the pro, and it's like. Tw- and hey, hey, hey! Did you notice that Horizon updated their website? Oh, thank goodness! Thank goodness! <laughs> and it's now it. compatible with our. It's now compatible in Safari. I know it sounds funny, but every time we go in there, I'm like, oh, I gotta load another browser just uh, to go check out their site. Yeah, it was uh, terrible. So it was like, yay! Because you know we check we check for our news and everything. I didn't oh, see yeah. too many new planes. Um, it was rather interesting that uh, I, I, I was asked at one point why I wasn't down at Triple Tree for uh, oh. for Joel Null, and I laughed. I said, "Well, maybe next year. Maybe next year. You know, maybe we'll have to change things up instead of me coming down. You know, for the May trip, we, you know, the long weekend, we figure out how how to get the uh, the after hours crew in a in an RV and do a road trip because that would be like oh. just crazy. I know. Imagine that. Would that. Be awesome. Imagine us. Oh no. Um, <laughs> that would be good. Mike Mike in an RV for a week uh, at Joel Null. Uh, <laughs> Mike um, Mike Jackson yo, says he's getting four plus minutes uh, with Jesse's uh, two hundred fifty-five millimeter uh, high voltage batteries. That's that's pretty good. Pretty that's good. Pretty I know cool. um, Mike Coo- Mike Coolins was getting almost four minutes with the the Lumineer. Oh, they two hundred five or two twenty? Yeah. So if I can well, get four I, I, minutes, that's that's pretty uh, good. I looked at some tattoos when I was at Flight Fest West, but I had spent enough money already, and I'm like, ah, you know, I really looked at some tattoos. I'm like, ah, you know. Yeah. It's wintertime. I, I, I'd rather have a stack of batteries for the, you know, those winter days for the mm-hmm. 1S. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then fly. I've got, like I said, I've got enough of these guys to go. So Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's just kind of nice to know I've got these things. And, um... What I really like about the small backyard ones is it's like, ah, you know what? I've got five, ten minutes, you know, in between doing stuff. I can't get out. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to go get my fix and run the, run the course in the backyard, you know? Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely kind of fun to see this technology coming along. Yeah. So there you have it. That's and, our, and I didn't have oh, to build. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was saying I, had, I didn't have to build it. It was buying and fly. Yes. Buying and fly. That's my favorite, uh, buying and fly. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so lazy these days. Oh, me I'm too. Sorry. Me too. So there, there you have it. News, a little bit of news out there. Some new products. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get our next kind of guest on here. His name is Derek Fernandez. Hopefully, our internet will be a little bit better out there in Colorado. 
Derek, well, I don't even know how to explain Derek. He, he probably sends in the most <laughs> crash stories I've ever seen. And with, with Derek, they're not just like little crash stories. Like, you know, I have my ultra micro got stuck in. I mean, this is some serious. And he's had crazy stories. Like there was a couple, and we'll get him on and talk about that. Like I was questioning him like, Derek, how does this happen? Is this, you know, almost like it wasn't true, kind of, you know, like this is nuts. And, you know, I've talked to him and he explains everything and very interesting character. He's a um, a sailplane pilot. I think he actually just bought his own sailplane. But the, the alarming rate that he goes through airplanes and crashes, like, I, I just want to know, how do you do this? How do you even continue to keep flying? So let's see if we can get... Uh, Derek Fernandez on here. We're going to give him a call here and see if he answers. Uh, it's rather crazy. It seems like every other week I'm getting some kind of crash story from Derek. He's like, oh, Chris, I got another one for you. You know, I got to send it to you. So we'll see if we can get him on, talk to him a little bit. I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I don't mind crashing a little bit. You know, when you got probably thousands of dollars in an airplane oh, yeah. with a big old 60 cc motor and you auger it in the ground and you know what i mean so are we there yet anybody there uh, i'm still here yeah you're still I see there. a video i see a picture i see a picture i don't have anybody yet so matter of fact he just sent in another crash story i'll try to pull it up while he's on we'll read it uh, if i get my phone to work here I don't think he's answering. Maybe we'll try it again. Uh, come on there, Derek. All right, let's try him again. Do, do, do. So, yeah, um, try, some of the stuff he was building, a giant balsa plane uh, inside his his garage. I mean, just the stuff that this guy, and I think he's a younger, I'm not even exactly sure. I want to ask how old Derek is too. I don't think he's really that old for as much stuff as he goes through. I'm like, where do you, where do you get your money? Oh, there he is. Hey Derek. I can't hear you. I don't have any audio. No audio there, buddy. If you uh, can hear us, Let's see if we can get some audio. I see you. Can't hear you. We got you. No audio. So while Derek's trying to get his audio going, I'm going to pull up his uh, his latest crash story here, and I'm going to read it to you because it was it was pretty interesting. Uh, let's see. All right, and then I'm going to read it to you. Hopefully, you get his audio working, and he can talk about it here a little bit. It says, okay, guys, you'll love this one. Once a year at my club field, we have a demolition derby with RC planes, combat on steroids. Everyone takes their most beat-up and destroyed planes and flies them through a bunch of new airplane. That's, you read that? New airplane <laughs> fuselages lined up on the runway. Uh, it says, the planes people normally take are cheap foam like the timber or some beat-up E-Flight Warbird. My most beat-up plane is a 30cc Valiant from Hangar 9. This plane has caught on fire, bashed into the ground, lost its wings in flight, etc., etc. Oh, test. Hey, we got you, buddy. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got you. 
I'm, I'm going to finish reading your, your latest crash story here, and then you can talk about it a little bit. All right. So, Derek's flying a 30cc Valiant from Hangar 9. This, And as we say, this thing's caught fire, bashing in the ground, lost its wings. So, in classic Derek fashion, I threw in a 50cc gas engine. <laughs> So, to this story, I always go last. There were about 10 balsa fuselages lined up on the runway. In the first place was a Carbon Z T28 that made it through seven of them before hitting the ground. If you're able to land your plane after flying through them, you get extra points. Derek, who came up with this crazy (laughs) idea that we're just going to smash and fly through airplanes? This is insane. Yours Uh, truly. Oh, my gosh. He said, uh, Derek says... I set up for a low approach at full throttle and went into a knife edge. (laughs) The right wing of the plane was about five inches off the ground. It was going at about 50 miles an hour. The wing tore through all the fuselages and tore them in half and was completely destroyed. The rest of the plane was fine, so I flew in the knife edge and set up for a landing. Still in knife edge, and right before I hit the ground, I kicked in left aileron and left rudder, and the plane slammed down onto its wheels and skidded off the runway. Not even the servo in the right wing survived. I threw the wing away and ordered another one. The rest of the plane was fine except for the gear in which I have bent damage many times. I won the competition and walked away with a brand new Sukhoi SU-29 version 2. Derek, how do you... That last part was for Mike. Oh, is that for Mike? (laughs) That's for Mike. Yeah, I got a new one, Mike. (laughs) I can't fathom how much stuff you crash and not just little stuff, but like big stuff, expensive stuff with gas engines. I'm like, how do you, like, I would probably be in my basement crying for as much stuff as you crash. I, how do you do this? Um, I get a really, really good deal on all this stuff. Oh, okay. I I work at, I work at a hobby shop. Oh, gotcha. So I get a really good deal. Ah, I see. So, and I mean, yeah. so, some of your stories have been, I mean, just crazy. Like I, I read them and I'm part of me, not, not that I don't believe you, but I, <laughs> I, I read them and I go, I've never heard of this. Like, how is this possible? This is, uh, you know, insane. And, and a couple of times, Derek, you know, I've actually talked to you or messaged, you know, and was asking you questions like, how did this happen? Why did yeah. this happen? And you, you actually explain everything in detail and like, I don't know if you can remember, I, I don't know the details off the top of my head, but you had one where, was it a battery in one of the Spectrum radios like exploded while you were flying oh, or something? Yeah. You got to tell that story because yeah. I read this and I was like, what? How is this possible? I've never heard this. So you, tell the story for everybody. All right. So um, I have a Hangar 9 uh, ASW-20. It's a four-meter glider, um, all balsa. It's a beautiful plane. And it was flying off of a DX-18. Mm-hmm. And um, the problem with the DX-18 was the soldering. from. So the battery, you can remove the battery, but where you plug it in, two of the pins were soldered together in the board, but oh. very close, so they kept sparking. And so after just two years of use, they finally burst into flames, and the radio exploded. And so I got a DX-20 Oh, instead. my gosh. So, Andre, oh. have you ever heard of a radio just exploding, like, in your hands? Well, No, no I, I, and I'm glad it, that that wouldn't happen to well, me. I'm, I'm sure it didn't explode, <laughs> yeah. but... 
the well it, it like puffed up in my hands and I'm like oh gosh what's happening but um the, I, it happened while I was flying that glider and um but I did what uh Wayne's neighbor did and I put a raspberry pie in it and I can fly oh. it off my laptop so I just had it in a circle pattern over the uh field so when it when it um when the radio exploded I basically set it down on the ground and went to my laptop and landed the plane wow Wow. So, but that's just like, that's yeah, a story you never, you no, know, that's nuts. you know, when he sent it to me, I was just like, <laughs> what? Your, your radio like caught, I was like, what? I mean, just crazy Yeah, I stuff. sent it into Horizon. Yeah. I sent it into Horizon and the pins go in and it like zaps each other every time I turned on the radio mm-hmm. and just after years of use, it yeah. just popped. What, what did Horizon uh, say about it after they initially did their inspection? Did they, did they send you a new they, radio? They sent me a DX20. Oh, they um, sent you a DX. Okay. Wow. Yeah, because they they were going to send me a DX18 and I'm like, "You know what? Just give me a good deal on the DX20." And so I just paid a little extra and got a DX20. Wow. And then also talking with you, you're a full-size glider pilot, correct? Uh yes. Yeah, how long have you been flying gliders? Um, for three years now. So I got my license when I was 14. Wow. And recently just bought your own or maybe bought into it. I don't know the whole story. If you bought your own or bought into a glider then? Um, I did. I got a uh, ASK-21. Wow. I mean, uh, oh, Which that's... is a Schleicher. Mm-hmm. It's the big brother of Chad Noak's ASW-20. Ah, gotcha. I mean, that's phenomenal. Now, how old are you now, Derek? Do you mind me asking? Um, I'm 16. I'm turning 17 next month. Ah, okay. You, you've you crashed more probably in the last year than I've crashed in the last <laughs> 10 years. Like, I just well, can't fathom. Well, some of the crash stories I've sent you, because I've been flying since I was four years old. Oh, and okay. I've always had giant scales. Mm-hmm. So some of the stories I've sent you were actually pretty old. Like, um, I sent you one about a jet that yes. uh, almost hit a group of teenagers. Yes, I remember that. And it slammed into the ground mm-hmm. after that. Yeah, that was that was a um, one that happened like four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I just had an old photo. Oh, okay. So what what are some what are some of the things that you fly on a, on a normal basis? I mean, obviously you, you're a big gasser, and then every most everything you have is large. But what are what are some of the things you fly yeah. on a daily basis or on the weekends or? So um, I always have a Radian with me. Smart um, move. <laughs> I have I, well played, yeah, sir. You can't go yeah. wrong with that. Um, I have this puppy right here next to me. This is the 15cc Carbon Cub. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always have this guy. That is a fun plane. It is a Carbon Cub on steroids because um, I doubled the size of the engine that oh, should go on it. Gosh. Um, <laughs> hey, you know, yeah. the altitude up here, the planes fly different. That's true. Um, That's a good point, yeah. Uh, I always have um, my 100cc extra 300 on me. Um, that's that's my go-to. I fly that all the time. 100cc. Um, 100cc, <laughs> Oh, yeah, my it, gosh. There's scars on the back of my hand from trying to start that plane. Oh. Um, and uh, I used to carry around that 60cc Corsair that I, um, I sent in the crash story about when it hit the Golden Eagle. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I used to have that one all the time. Wow. But yeah, that's my fleet, really. No kidding. I, I mean, I have I have a ton of planes. Mm-hmm. I have I have a PDF here. Let me pull it up. Um let's see, scroll down to the bottom of the list. I have around three hundred and seventy eight planes. You're kidding me. Not kidding you. <laughs> Where do you put them all? All of um, I have a hanger that oh, I keep them in. Okay. I have a storage unit. Oh, God. These are not in the house. Uh, the, the go-tos are in the house. <laughs> I see. Wow. So Now, what was... Uh, I was browsing through uh, some of your pictures there on Facebook. You were building a huge... I didn't even see what it was. Large uh, balsa airplane. Looked like in your garage. Now, is that old? Is this current? Yeah. or? Okay, so... Um, this is kind of a shout out to the Gotha gaggle. Um, I have a 24 foot Gotha G5, oh, man. and it's twin 150cc powered. It's oh, 150 pounds. Jeez, I was. Um, and I crashed it. Oh, you crashed it? I sent I sent you the crash story. That was the very first crash story you ever read oh, from me. Oh, okay. Um. And so I was rebuilding the nose, and it's all built. Um, I can't come to Flight Fest this year, which stinks, oh. um, but I I definitely will bring it to Flight Fest someday, and it will fly, and it is a monster. It drops. It can drop bombs. It's got um, moving turrets on it. It's a, it's a beast of a machine, and it only goes about 20 miles an hour. Wow. How long did it take you to build that initially? That was a four-year project. Four years. Wow. Jeez. Yep. So, uh, my, I've flown it five times. My curiosity is, okay, you're 16, started flying when you were around four. What were some of the first things you started flying? And who and who got so it? Very, who got you into it? Was it your dad or? <clears throat> so no one in my family flies. Oh, my. No one. Oh. Uh, my parents didn't want me to do, like, football because they didn't want me to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And so they decided for me to try and chop my hand off with propellers. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so they took me to a field because I've always been into flying. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, my next door neighbor flew. He's the one who got me into flying, like okay. actual flying. flying. Mm-hmm. Um, they took me to my flying field, which is Chatfield. And one of the guys there who I still fly with to this day, uh, his name is Dale Rooney. Um, he sh- he. he taught me how to fly. He put me on his trainer called the Next Star, which I actually bought from him two weeks ago. So I have the first plane I ever flew. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first plane I owned was a senior telemaster. And I sent you the crash story yeah. on that one, and we burned it in the middle of the field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was a, that's a very, very good plane. If you are going to get a plane, get a telemaster, mm-hmm. mini or the normal size. Get one of those. Those are so much fun. But, um, yeah, I had that, and then I had the very first version of the Super Cub LP. Oh, okay, yeah. On the old, old radio that was big oh, and clunky yeah. with the four-foot antenna. Yes. And, yeah, that I still have that to this day. It has caught fire. It has been beaten <laughs> to the ground. It has twice the size motor it should have. It's still brushed, and it's still got the old receiver in it. Oh, my but, gosh. Um, I, I still fly that to this day. It is so much fun. Oh, unreal. I kind of wish I still had mine, but <laughs> eh, it's long gone. Uh, one, yeah, they still make 
Yeah, one thing I wanted to ask you real quick is uh, a while back we were on this kick, especially when we were flying around in in the winter time, and you know me being a, a regular you know full scale pilot, and we were always trying to get some of our planes to ice up, see if we could get them to ice up and not fly anymore. And I mean, we've yeah. been flying out in literally like snowstorms, like all kinds of things, and we can never physically get. <laughs> one of the planes to ice up. Now the quads, I have seen some ice you on the props. You questioned me and about stuff. that video. Yes. So you questioned me about that video. So me being, you know, trying as much as I could, everything to think to get something to ice up. Derek sends me a message. Says, "Hey, I was flying a raid and it iced up," and I'm like, "No way." He goes, yeah, I got some video and everything up. So I was questioning him, like, where were you? What, what time of the day was it? Where was the conditions and blah, blah, blah. And you were out flying a radiant. So talk about that a little bit, what you were doing and what happened. Okay, so I was trying out a new long-range FPV kit on my radiant. Mm-hmm. And because um, I have the Dominator HD3s, yeah, uh, the brand-new ones that came out, um, and I was trying them out, and... It was 9 o'clock at night, and I had this really nice low-light camera. And so I put it on top of the Radiant, and it was misting. It wasn't snowing yet. Uh-huh. It was supposed to snow, but it was kind of like that misty stuff, and it was freezing cold. And so I took it off. I chucked it into the air, and it went right up, and it um, it started flying really funny after about five minutes. So I'm like, this is something's wrong my fpv kit's in the wrong location and i land and the wing was like normally that thick it's Mm -hmm. like that thick of ice wow and the the thing with the foam is that it it doesn't the ice doesn't stick to it right on the ground it's really you can't i mean i'll i'll fly on a 90 degree day a balsa plane Mm -hmm. and the wings they're covered in a layer of ice um and it'll stick to it but foam it just slides off and it melts instantly Hmm. so it was really hard for me to get a good video and a good picture of the ice on it but there was a lot of ice on that radiant wow and and obviously you could tell right away when you were flying it it was affecting the airflow and something was wrong yeah you could see it in the video it was porpoise in a lot it was like mike's cub (laughs) (laughs) oh that's funny so yeah i not even here i uh thought that was rather interesting too that you got a radiant just completely iced up and ah so yeah you got some really good stories so i just wanted to talk to you a little bit uh you know i did you have a youtube channel or anything people can go check out some of your stuff no um i'm trying to set one up right now and i'm getting all the logistics figured out i don't have a camera that's the problem Uh, i mean i have a ton of planes but i just don't really have a good camera that i can film like put it on my hat like andre does mm. and do all that i i don't have something like that yeah. i mean i have gopros and stuff i'll put on the planes but yeah that's what i use on my co- my ball cap man really yeah right. it's my action cam i grab it oh. but i don't know where it is right now some velcro a little a little seat for the camera and go <laughs> seriously seriously oh. it does it does a really good job all right i'll use that all right, well, so, we we figured, Derek, why he had had you on and talked to you a little bit, we'd read some more of the crash stories, and you can hang out with us if you don't mind. Oh, uh, yeah, that's all right. fine. This first one's from James Grieve. We've, I've had this for a while, so I'm finally getting to it. He had to resend it to us. Uh, he says, I fly on my own these days. I live in the middle of the U.K., 
Did I read this one already, Andre? This one sounds for me, unless I've read it too many times. He says, the nearest flying site is 60 miles away. Uh, let me buzz through this a little bit. It's pretty long. Anyhow, the crash story. It was a long time ago. There was a reason for bringing it up. It was around 1986. And was a, uh, and I was about 14 into my second low wing model, a 40 size, 52 inch span IC rocket ship called the Jolly Roger Kit Cougar. Oh, I've got one of those. Really? Yeah, mine's. Uh, I think I have it here. It's buried in these boxes next to my garage. So, yeah, I think I got one of those. So it's a Jolly Roger Kit. Good-looking model, handled pretty well. My lack of building skills made it a little heavy. Uh, already, f- I was flying one day at the local club I used to fly at, and being a hot day, there was a surprisingly good turnout in both pilots, both pilots and general public. My father decided that I would be fine. I should fly the model. He was a longtime RC pilot himself. I waited for my peg to come clear. Of course, you know, back then with the uh, crystals. And then I got set up. The motor duly started and tuned. I lined up on the runway as per the previous eight flights or so. It took off and climbed right out nicely. I knew after about five minutes of flying time with a small tank, but in the heat and in the moment, I'd forgotten to set my timer. Mistake number two. I flew I flew a, a few circuits, did some simple aerobatics, and as you can imagine, being only 14 with a model that bites and... Me trying to watch it, I was a tad on the nervous side. But while in the air and running, I was enjoying it. It's an amazing time warp uh, that you're in and in the zone and adrenaline pumping. That was mistake number three. I started to think about the landing, and it was a fair way upwind but carrying a fair amount of speed when the engine quit. Keeping things smooth, I swung her around, headed downwind, calling for a dead stick landing. This is where things started to unravel. The pilot line was right next to the runway, but they had all us pilots standing around halfway along the runway, and it was close to 100 yards long. As I swung around on the short final and aimed at the runway, I knew I was going to be landing much shorter down the runway than I would have liked. Being a slick model and some 200 yards away, pointing pretty much straight at me, it was just a a thin line on my head. As the trees behind it, I could... I realized I couldn't tell how fast or how slow it was coming in. Panic was really starting to set in at this point, and to make matters worse, the commentator called out over the speakers, someone was coming in to the right and possibly in trouble. Great, he said. I could feel just about every eye in the area swing to the right and watch me. Thankfully, it wasn't slowing down too much and was coming towards me with a fair amount of speed, and I thought I was safe. But... Just as luck would have it, it decided that the air was too slow, and I watched her helplessly tip stall into a knife edge and did a beautiful cartwheel all the way down the runway, leaving a trail of balsa pieces as it went. The gasp and groan from the crowd is echoed in my memory, and the walk of shame with my trash bag in hand was the worst thing ever. I did rebuild it. Uh, but my very novice rebuilding skills, unlike Andre, and weighed even more when I got it back up in the air. How I got it down safely that day, I'll never know. It was the last time it ever flew. But roll on, some 30 years later, I decided that it could be revisited. I got a hold of a few tatters of the plane and some guys on the forums and a bit of uh, 
work in Photoshop, I got a full set of plans and had some foam wings cut for me. And by mid-2012, I had the balsa airframe back together. At that point, the project had to go on hold due to some other things going on. Roll on to just before Christmas last year, I set up and determined to have her flying by spring. The mods were made to convert it to electric. And by Christmas, I had it covered in, in the traditional tissue and dope. Painting started early January, and by February, I had the, all the paintwork done, the airframe looking like a real plane again. Also, it was 1.5 kilograms lighter. By early March, the, I was waiting for a break in the weather. Thankfully, I live in the middle of nowhere, so that's when uh, we finally had a chance to come across a decent field just opposite of my house. So when I woke up two weeks ago, clear blue sky, no wind, I bolted on the wings and across the road, pronto. A quick range check taxi test i pointed her down the strip smooth grass timber was set for four minutes and started lesson two learned set your timer i was a little taken hmm. back at the acceleration it s- set off like a scolded cat hold her on the ground make sure she had plenty of airspeed and with a touch of elevator she was climbing out very nice a very different aircraft to the one i flew 30 years earlier no trim changes were needed for the first time and I did a stall test. I could get her slowed down right up, full elevator, and just gently mushed over. I set the Tyrannus up with plenty uh, forewarning that the timer was nearly at its limit. I brought her down to final circuit down for a very smooth <coughs> landing. It had taken me 30 years, but I did make sure I learned from all the mistakes from the first time. <laughs> that is a cool story. Yeah, that's great. <coughs> that um, I had an, a similar experience like that actually with a uh, 15 foot turbine jet you're kidding me <laughs> a turbine yeah, jet so this is you got a flame out on your story. jet <laughs> kind of oh my um, gosh it it's a skymaster f14 tomcat and mm-hmm. it's powered by twin jet cat 180s and that's two of them so that's 80 pounds of thrust on oh a 20 pound airplane oh my gosh um and I was doing a pass at 300 miles an hour. And this thing, you, you go about five minutes of pure terror when you fly this thing. Oh. And because um, you're trying to walk. It's a huge plane, but you're trying to see it. And you're like, I, I do not know if it's coming towards me, if it's going to hit something. But um, I was doing a pass, and the engines just died. And I ran out of, and it ran out of fuel completely. Oh! And so I'm bringing it, and jets don't glide. No, <laughs> no. It's, it's just no. It's just a fact of life. You can't, you can't glide a jet. Oh. And so I'm bringing this thing around at like ten feet off the deck at like 300 miles an hour, trying to do a landing with this thing, and I didn't even have time to put the gear down. So I just bring it in, and it just slides about a hundred feet on the pavement. Just like sliding around, it was, it was bad. So, wow! Did you yeah. get did you get Check it in the time. air after that? Oh yeah, nothing happened to it. I mean, it's solid aluminum. Whoa, this plane is. Jeez! Wow! This plane is. You can. It sounds like a death missile to me. I don't think I'd want to be anywhere around that thing when you're flying it. Well, yeah, I had a brownout with it one time, and there was open space and a campground, and it brownouts going straight for the camp oh, campground. No, but I got no. it back, and I landed it. But uh, when you have a brownout with those planes, gassers go to full throttle. Oh, are you serious? Gassers, turbines, they go to full throttle. You, there's nothing you can do. Well, you can probably program it in your receiver, but they will they will full throttle. 
And this thing, I lost it. I've had many planes where the engines were destroyed because I lost it, and it just goes full throttle, and it... Bye-bye. See ya. Okay. Where are you going? Wow. So, I hit a house. I hit a house with a 60cc P-51. You're kidding me. (laughs) Just brown out, full throttle, slammed into a house. What kind of damage did that do? It hit a brick wall, so it, it took uh, out a couple bricks. Are you serious? <laughs> How do you go knock on the door? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, my RC airplane just hit your house. They're probably like, oh, yeah, okay, no problem. No, you don't understand. It had a 60cc <laughs> gas engine, probably hit it at 100, and there's a few <laughs> yeah. bricks laying on the ground. <laughs> uh, not just bricks, but, like, they the engine crushed, crushed them to powder. Th- this... Oh it my hit god! Like, oh man! Yeah, it it was it was bad. Derek, do you carry insurance when you fly? <laughs> I just uh, yes, yes. My turbine jet and some of my gases are insured. They're wow! Expensive. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll read one more, and we'll get out of here because I know we've been going kind of long. But this is a really good story, Derek. You'll like this one too. Uh, oh, this is from Russell. Russell, this is a good story. So I go back a few years. I, I got in, an RC car guy. Uh, Andre C. was an RC car guy. Oh, I'm an RC car guy, too. <laughs> I got this bad boy. What's the HPI. Oh, flashes. yeah. Yep. And it's yep nitro on this bad boy here. Someone, someone messaged me about a nitro the other day. They suck. Don't they buy do. nitro. No, they're <laughs> terrible. <laughs> they, right. they are so hard to put together. All right. All right. So, Russell, he says, I was an RC car guy when the Blade MQX came out, and I thought it looked pretty cool and decided to pick one up. I had a blast with it and went on to build a KK2 base quad in one of the giant Hobby King tricopters, but my pilot skills were still extremely rudimentary. When things went bad, they often escalated quickly. Needless to say, there were tons of crashes, but most of them were minor and was a good learning experience. Like when the prop adapter spins free 10 feet off the ground. You remember to check the spinners before flight next time. Enter the Blade 350QX. I picked one up thinking between the beginner mode and return to home, I can migrate my problems and cut down on my crashing. This was my first GPS-enabled quad, and it was awesome. I had it about two weeks, and my parents were coming into town. My dad has always been an an aviation nut, so I couldn't wait to show this thing off. About this time, the DX9 came out, and with the wireless buddy box feature, Eureka, I could actually let my dad fly. Sold. I picked one up. When my parents got to town, I was excited to show dad, and off we went. He was amazed but uncertain about flying. I assured him that if he got into trouble, I would just take over and everything would be fine. Heck, if there was anything really bad, I'd just hit the return to home and things would take care of themselves. To illustrate... What could possibly go Exactly. He says, to illustrate this, (laughs) to show my dad everything would be fine, I took the quad up to an altitude of about 50 feet, 100 feet out, and uttered the fateful phrase, Watch this! (laughs) At which point I hit the home switch. Being new to my DX9, what I actually did was disarm the quad. I I watched in horror as it unceremonially plummeted to earth, trying to grasp what had just happened. Needless to say, Dad didn't get to fly at all. 
All in all, the damage wasn't too bad. Broken props and a broken landing gear, and the shell miraculously survived. I still have the 350, but it doesn't get much flying time anymore. <laughs> I mostly let my kids fly it on the buddy box, and they seem to enjoy it. I now have have disarm set to a three-position switch that announces throttle cut in every position, but only actually disarms the quad in the last one. Kind of an, are you sure you want to do that mechanism to save me from myself? He says, by the way, I picked up a blade torrent and absolutely love it. Granted, there are some small issues, but it's a great experience. I'd love to compare notes with Andre about the GT90. Well, Russell, here in the next week, we will, uh, you'll, get that, you'll okay. get that wish and we'll compare. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a torrent as well. Pretty nice. And what I do think... you think of it? Derek? Oh, yeah. Um... I have some gripes. It, it feels cheap to me. We just talked like, about when I, that. When yeah. I just hold it mm-hmm. and putting the battery, it just feels like a it'll toy. break in my hand. Yeah. yeah. But it's so durable. Yeah. I beat that thing into so much. And, and surprisingly, I was impressed with the flying characteristics. It, it, did, it does fly really well. I was shocked. It reminds me of the Inductrix 200, that old brushless Inductrix they had. Mm-hmm. Um, it flies very similar to that. Hmm. Yeah. Faster. Yeah, sure. for sure. For so. sure. So, all right, guys, there you have it. We read some crash stories. We talked to Ruben. We talked to Derek. Got a little news and notes out there for you. Uh, we're two hours and 20 minutes deep into this. We did wow, nice. have a few technical issues with the internet, but eh. What are you going to do at that point, right? But we, we're we glad everybody enjoyed us. Uh, go check us out on rcafterhours.com. Andre's been working on the site. You can get all the information there. Go check out. We have links to our sponsors on there. Um, what else? Anything else we wanted to promote, Andre? Um, you'll be down here at the end of next week. We're going to get our flying in. Have some fun, so stay tuned for our next podcast. It should be a lot of fun with Andre in studio. Maybe we can even get Wayne in here, and Mike Finley's coming down, so it's going to be a good time. Oh, hopefully, hopefully Wayne. Hopefully uh, Wayne. We haven't heard from him in a while. I know, and we might have a few surprises coming up, so we'll see what happens. So thanks for joining us. Thanks, Andre. Thanks, Derek. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you in about a week. See you later. Take care. Bye.